What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. Today we have a giant episode, went around damn near every sport that you can think of. Um, Started off with some MLB, then we went to NBA, then we did our, of course, NFL recap and picks. Following that, we talked some really intelligent college football, and then Sean and I caught up a little bit. Uh, We will be back probably next Monday, hopefully with a Monday rundown, fingers crossed. Um, Everybody enjoy the weekend. We will talk to you soon. Have a good night. And welcome into episode 212 of the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. Tom, we're doing a Friday night tonight. We had a tough time getting in sync during the week, but we are here. And uh, it's already week 11 of the NFL. How's everything been going with you, man? We are here. It's good to talk to you. And yeah, week 11 of the NFL, but we've got a lot more to cover than that. Definitely this week, especially. A lot more to cover, um, and you know, as we're prepping for the holidays and we're finally getting into that season now, you know, this is where a bunch of the sports meet at a crossroads. Um, the first thing that I want to acknowledge, and I'm sure you saw the news today, and everybody saw the news, um, the Kyle Rittenhouse uh, trial ended, and he was found innocent on all counts. And you know, it's hard to stay optimistic about times like in times like this, man. Um, I just hope that we don't have. A bunch of craziness ensue, but it's it's demoralizing. Another another case of white privilege rearing its ugly head and and social justice not being carried out. Yeah, woof. I mean, this is our second take because I forgot to hit the record button on the first one. But you didn't spring that one on me in the first take. Uh, hit me with a hit me with a left when I was ready for the right there. I forgot about it and I said, you know <laughs> I was going to bring it up myself. I was going to bring it up to be honest Sometimes with you myself. Sometimes it's good that we don't record the first time and then we're, we, yeah. we did our test run. Because I did my little test run, my little right. spiel how nobody does any work between now and January and it's <laughs> it's my second favorite time of the year because you don't have to do any work but the weather, weather does suck and the sun goes down early but back to the back to the Tougher topic. Um, yeah, I mean, I was obviously incredibly disappointed to hear about this. Um, you know, it's it's just the privilege on so many levels because, I mean, the reason why he got had great lawyers. That's why he got off, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and you have guys who are in jail for life or getting ready to get executed. Luckily, that gentleman, I forgot his name, one day before execution was granted uh, life imprisonment for a crime that apparently he didn't commit. If he had some better lawyers, maybe he wouldn't be in jail, and that just goes to show. This country, I mean, listen, the George Floyd trial went as we wanted it to. Um, Best circumstance given what happened there, uh, but we're not all the way there. (laughs) What else can we say? Yeah, we don't need to go too long on this, but I think, you know, the one positive of you not hitting record when we first went was I almost glossed over it because I was excited to talk sports, but it kind of hit me to just be like, we have to, we have to say. Yeah, I wasn't sure if you wanted, because it's a heavy topic to mention it. it, We haven't gone heavy in a while, but I'm I'm definitely glad you did. Something that had to be mentioned. Um, It's just, uh, it's tough. That's. 
disappointing and tough. That's all I really have to say, and I feel like I've been saying that way too often uh, in 2020 and tw- through 2021, but that's just the circumstances we're dealt with. You're 100% right, man. I echo your sentiments, and obviously everybody with a decent heart does. It's um, it's a tough one. It's a it's a tough one to be innocent on all accounts when he's holding the, uh, an AR and now what do we do? Just down the street and brought it across. Now what do we do? Because it's like you can be angry and you could want to get your vengeance on him, but then we're just as bad as him, right? Yeah, I, I just, I'm just hoping and like keeping my fingers crossed that craziness and rioting and and all that shit doesn't happen. Because the worst part about all this is, man, is that the 99.9 percent of the peaceful protesters who are standing out and demanding social justice be carried out are not being reflected and there's the point one that are hijacking every cause and that's what the news media wants to show and then all the reason we're still here is because there's too many people that think that those people are the criminals um and it just sucks it just sucks all around and it's a tough day but i think we set our piece on it and uh everybody knows obviously 212 episodes in uh where we stand on this so yeah i'm ready to go to baseball if you are i feel like we also haven't talked about the travis scott concert down by you you know what that's a good point we have not um I mean, that was pretty fucking crazy down in Houston. Um, yeah, discussing that with uh, Seven Michaela. people died? Nine. Seven We're up to nine died? now. Nine? Wow. Two died uh, later on in the hospital. Um, yeah, I just think that, uh, you know, you're talking about just reform in the country as well. I think on a much smaller scale, um, but still a big deal, clearly, because we lost nine lives. There needs to be a lot of reform when it comes to concerts. And I don't, I don't know... If there should be criminal charges against Travis or Drake or whatever, but you know the guy is trying to get people to rage every time, and clearly it went a little too far. And there just needs to be a complete overhaul on how we throw these concerts. I mean, hiring security guards the night of with no training and just giving them a name tag and a badge to take care of what a hundred thousand people or whatever it was is is not good. And and there needs to be more money put into that. And if you know the performing artist or whoever represents them or whoever's getting that money needs to lose a little bit to keep everybody safe then that's how it has to be yeah a hundred percent i mean and we have history to tell us all about how shit could get really bad at music festivals i mean we had monterey woodstock 99 uh, woodstock 99 we had monterey back in the late 60s when the rolling stones had the hell's angels uh motorcycle gang be security for that for that festival and that did not work out very well at all it ain't the Uh, 60s anymore though it ain't the 60s anymore but i'm saying then you go back to you know 22 years ago in in woodstock 99 and this was kind of similar like nobody had any room to breathe nobody could go anywhere people were all the assaults of shit piles of assaults that are going on and people not regarding other people's you know space because there wasn't really any and just it's shit on top of shit and i think that there has to be some accountability from travis scott and from these performers because, he paid for listen, he paid for the funerals which obviously is the least you can do when you made probably sure. a lot of money just off that concert alone but I, I don't know the silence coming from his camp as well as drake's on a on a lesser scale just because he was he was a guest there yeah he was there um it's it, it's it's disappointing again that's my word but again like how many how many um how many times do we need to see this happen and if you're gonna if you're gonna reap all the benefits of these festivals and you're gonna be the headliner and you're gonna have this 
you need to be able to take it on the fucking chin in your wallet and in the legal system if it takes if it takes that route. Absolutely. Uh, for which I, like this happens. Nine you know, deaths is unacceptable. One is unacceptable, but nine is fucking nuts. I agree with you. And, you know, I am a little more optimistic about, uh, about concerts and, and pop culture and whatever in general than I am about, uh, about the country. That's unfortunate but true. And I think there will be, I think there will be some changes made. There has to be. I mean, it's just as simple as that. You can't continue to have these things happen. We are supposed to be learning from mistakes, not repeating mistakes. But as we all know, history is damned to repeat itself. So there you go. Tom, are you ready to talk sports? Uh, yeah, we got that out of the way. Let's let's get into it because we got a we got a we got a good amount of sports to talk today. We got a loaded show today, and there's not going to be many times during this off season or during this winter, I should say, where baseball is going to lead the show. But it, it's just going to in terms of sports, obviously today because. There were a bunch of signings made, and, and I think that we're going to see a bunch more within this next 12-day window before the inevitable lockout happens that is, from all accounts, probably going to last about two and a half to three months. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame the players for trying to get their bag and get that locked in before the lockout happens. Seen a lot. Let's hope Let's hope the Yankees can uh, get a few guys locked down. Um, just to go you through. You just it. use locked in before the lockout and get players locked down. That's <laughs> impressive. Dude. A lot of you dep- have locked going everywhere today. A lot of depression words and a lot of locked in. But I am locked <laughs> in, and I am locked in for this pod. Um, first signing we have Justin Verlander going back to the Astros. I know there was talks of Detroit. I think he wants to stay on a competitive team. Detroit has a good young team, a lot of pieces, but they're not ready to compete. I'm not surprised he's going back for the year. I'm not surprised either. One year, $25 million with an option for the second year. He was throwing 96 97 down at the uh, Performance Center in Florida. There was talks about all the ALEs teams, the Blue Jays, the Yankees, the Red Sox. That's just those teams doing their due diligence. At the end of the day, I think he felt a sense of loyalty to Jim Crane for bringing him in and getting him his only World, Cha- World Series championship. Asterisk. <laughs> there we go. I love it. I love it. We are uh, we are we are in lockstep today. Locked down, lockstep, locked in, locked out everywhere. Um, and I, this this move made sense because obviously I think if Houston, you would agree, if Houston had a healthy Verlander, this World Series, I'm not going to say the Braves would have lost, but it, it might have gone seven. And the Astros had a better shot. Yeah, um, I, I definitely agree because Houston did look like the the best team out of the AL, um, but I, and no surprise there. A little bit more of a surprise is Noah Syndergaard getting a one-year deal uh, from the Angels. Um, uh, this one is puzzling to me. Um, I think the Mets should have brought him back. They have dealt with him for through all of his bullshit. And listen, if he signed a five-year deal with Anaheim, I would have said, go get your bag. Mets, like, good job by you guys not, not taking another five years of this shit. But for a one-year flyer to see if this guy's healthy and see what he's got, I think the Mets should have at least been more involved. But he goes to the Angels, bolstering that pitching staff. They have two MVPs, a three-time MVP, and now a new MVP, and yet they still can't make the playoffs. No, they can't. And, you know, I I look at this a little differently. Obviously, when it first happened, you know, the Mets did extend the qualifying offer, which was $18.4 million, to Syndergaard, which he declined. 
And I was thinking, all right, he declined that. Maybe the Mets will give him a two-year. He, he was tweeting out how you know New York has his heart and he wants to stay in New York. And then every report came out that said that he didn't, his agent didn't even give the Mets a chance to rebuttal once the Angels made the one-year $21 million offer. And to me, that just says that the Mets really weren't in on him, and they get the draft pick for him. And I guess that they, because for all the reasons you said, had dealt with his bullshit they were paying him to rehab. He pitched two innings in two years. They probably just said, listen, we're, we're going to wash our hands of this guy. We know him better than anybody else. We're not giving that extra 3.5. They probably knew he was going to decline the qualifying offer. So I don't think they had any intention on keeping him. Whether that's a good decision or not, I don't know. But that was what I took from it. I agree with you. I don't think there was any intention on keeping him. I'm just saying I don't think it's a good job by the Mets if it's a one-year deal. I think that, I think after putting up with all that bullshit, maybe you can at least attempt to reap the benefits on a, on another one year, you know, or two. I mean, the, I I would have done that if I were the Mets. And you and I. If that's there. all it is, I mean, again, like I said, if they, if somebody throws him a five year deal, you say, listen, you know, good for you that you got that money. We're not giving it to you, but a one year deal, after all the shit you put up with and how you with him over the past couple of years, I take it. I would too. I just guess they assume they said to themselves, "Yeah, we know what this guy's like, and we just don't want him back, and we'll take I guess the draft he pick." Was even more of a pain in the ass than we thought for them to not, you know, because the Mets are the Mets, but I, I like to think that they're a better run team than than they were in the past. So he must. Well, really that's been tough when they finally hired a GM. Uh, still don't have a president of baseball options. Still don't have a manager. So, True. Tough. Um, this whole pitching market, Tom, was was set by Eduardo Rodriguez, the longtime Red Sox, getting the bag from Detroit, as you like to say, five years and seventy-seven million. And I think that's a really good, a really good agreement for both sides. The Tigers obviously need to bolster that rotation, like the Angels did. They got a really good starter. I think there was a lot of questions about Rodriguez coming off the COVID with myocarditis. He had a really nice year for Boston this year, and and the. And for him, he gets security in that five-year, you know, almost $80 million. I think that was a good deal for both sides. I'll be interested to see what Boston does because he's been a linchpin in that rotation for the last five years. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know who Boston's going to go and get out, go out and get, but they definitely need to replace him. He's a good number two, number three starter on a, on a team that's going to be a contender. He'll probably be their, what, number two behind uh, – who who is their number one? Casey well, they've Mize. Got, they've got Casey Mize. They got Spencer Turnbull, who they like a lot, um, and they're probably going to make another run at a pitcher, either yeah. via the free agent or trade market. I don't know about at that price, but I wouldn't have minded seeing the Yankees go after him. I wouldn't either. I, I think that this was a good and fair a deal for him. A lot of people were like, "Ah, you know, that's way too much money. Five years for a guy. That's a lot." I'm like. This is a guy who should be getting this because I think he had an ERA of like 3.6 this year. He's an innings eater, and when he's on, he's really, really tough to really tough to hit. And there's yeah. a lot, lot of teams that are pitching to prep. And he stays relatively healthy as well, minus the COVID and the other thing he had. Yeah, yeah, the myocarditis seems like it really wasn't an issue for him this year, which is great news. Um, because that was pretty scary when that was diagnosed. And a team that is always in on the free agents and the pitchers, the Toronto Blue Jays, well, they made their big trade this past July getting Barrios, and they rewarded that second half that he had for them with a seven-year, $131 million extension. What did you think about that move? Do you think that was good for both sides? Did one side win better? How would you, how'd you like it? I think it worked out for both sides. It's 
Toronto always seems to get the bats in free agency. They never really seem to get the great pitchers. So for them to be able to lock up a, a young guy and it, for seven years, and, and he really turned it around when he went there, I, I think he's going to be a good pitcher for the years to come. Me too. And he's an interesting guy to me because I think he's really, really good. I think a lot of I think every team in baseball would want him. I think it the biggest question is is he ever going to amount to that real number 1 status and if he does is it only going to be for an isolated year or is he always going to be a really really good number 2 or 3? I think it's that, but that doesn't matter. If you get I that mean, you got the Cy Young award winner. That's great. Right. Yeah, well, he's a free agent now too, so they got to decide if they're bringing uh, Robbie Ray back. Yeah. Um I I probably would. If you can lock him in under a five-year deal, I would. I mean, Berrios is only 27, and you have a good young team. So, I mean, you, they gave up a lot of assets they got to build. Yep, and they still have Ryu, who's a very durable and good pitcher. I don't know about Robbie Ray. I have a lot of <laughs> a lot of worries about him and whether this was an isolated year or I think, contract yeah. year. Because uh, his whole history has not been good. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I agree with that, too. I didn't think he was going to win after the Yankees lit him up, to be honest. Well, the problem was was the uh, the Blue Jays lit up Cole in that series, too. So. Yeah. That's about to me, I don't baseball, care about right? those awards. Yeah, just last one. Uh, Mets finally got a GM, Billy Epler, who was Cashman's right-hand man for years and then was out with the Angels. I know they never made the playoffs with him, but he was able to lure Otani. And I think that was a tough job for him because Artie Marino is the owner there, is, is pretty hands-on. But did the Mets, after all of the dates where the person said, no, I'm good, sorry, I, I'm, I'm happier alone, I'm happier with whom I'm with, Billy Epler kind of fell into their laps, and I think this is a good move for them. I agree. Uh, I think he's going to do a good job luring free agents, and I think he brings stability to the organization, which is what they need more than anything right now. And he doesn't—he uh, doesn't come off as the guy to sexually harass anybody or get a DUI. I think that last point by you is the most important. So <laughs> let's close with that. Some optimism for your New York Mets. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm still a Yankees fan, but I do root for the team in Queens. Um, and yeah. Last thing I will say about baseball, Yankees, let's get involved. Corey Seager, he's right there. I don't want anything to do with Carlos Correa. Not that he was wrong about the Jeter thing, but fuck him for saying that. And that's what I told my secretary. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think he was wrong, by the way. I mean, he didn't deserve any of those five gold gloves. That's bullshit. Maybe he didn't deserve two or three of them, but to say he didn't deserve any, that's not right. And you just don't say that. He. I don't think he wants to be a Yankee. I don't think the Yankee fans want any part of him. And to be honest, I think the Yankees brass, including one of your sports fathers, would love him, but not at the price that he's asking for. If it's 10 years and in $300 million range, I'll see you later. I would yeah. love Seager. He's not that but kind we'll of see what they do. I think um, Seager's better than him, by the way. I think Seager's better than him, too, and he fits the Yankees particularly a lot better. But I would be fine if they brought in Semyon. Uh, they DFA'd your boy, Clint today tom his days and pinstripes are over they also dfa tyler wade rooting at odor any surprises for you there i was definitely a little surprised that they were dfa'd um no no surprises out of the players i was surprised they were dfa'd but no surprises out of the names uh, i will miss clint uh, i wish him the best congrats on his engagement by the way um big ups to him and yeah and i also like how you threw a uh, stepbrothers you don't say that in there 
well, you know, I do what I can. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I feel so bad for Clint. The Yankees just truly never loved him, and then the injuries just caught up with him. And Cashman never loved him. Cashman never loved him. No, not at all. And and he didn't help himself at times, but his future, his his Yankee career could have been vastly different. And I echo your sentiment. I hope the best for him wherever he goes, and we'll see what the Yankees do. I mean, I don't think that in the next two weeks, I think the Yankees have one or two big moves in them because. Like you said, players kind of want to know what they're what they're going to be doing, especially before a lockout. Yeah, absolutely. And you say this lockout's two to three months. I could see it going a lot longer, by the way, because it's pretty contentious between the two parties. It's really contentious, but the only optimism I have, and I have heard Jeff Passan say this on certain podcasts, and and Buster Olney, people who obviously know it a lot better than us, who are just babbling about it, but. The Give both us a sides, credit. right? But we're not insiders right. yet. Right. Um, speak for yourself. <laughs> I think I can speak for both of us, <laughs> but I don't. I both both sides, the players' union and MLB, they want to make sure that whatever CBA agreement gets done is lays the groundwork for years and years to come which is why they're not rushing it. But they also know how damaged this sport already is from only playing 60 games during the pandemic to regular season NBA games drawing just as well as World Series games. Like, this sport is really fucked, and the, war, the you just can't have another 94 and into 95. Yeah, uh, and I think it's on both parties to fix that. You can't just put it on the owners when the players are the product. Right, and the players can't continue to get, you know, raked across the coals either. Mm-hmm. You can't, in an analytic sport with how that's gone, you no longer can have great players like a Marcus Simeon or whatever settling for one-year deals because no team wants to pay him three or four years. Like, that's bullshit. Yeah, and it's crazy because he's been, like, top four in the MVP the last few years. He's a really damn good player, and... I understand that there has to be that shift from where so many poor teams were run by owners that didn't get it and were paying 34-year-olds, you know, six-year deals. That was littered across the sport. But you also can't have a bunch of teams, especially good franchises like the Baltimore Orioles, just intentionally trying to lose and not signing free agents. Like, that's really bad for the competitive balance, and that's a whole, you know, you think of a team, you have 25 roster spot, of, of a team that's not even trying to sign guys. So those free yeah. agents who are trying to get those big deals, they're not going to get them from one, two, or three teams. Yeah, I, I think one of the big things uh, the outside of the game, I mean, there's a lot of rule changes that need to be adjusted, but outside of the game is there with the revenue sharing and everything, there needs to be a salary floor. Like, you need to spend this amount. I could not agree with you more. That's what the NBA's put in. You see bad teams signing free agents to big-time deals knowing that they're not going to win. At the end of the day, like if you start to do an NBA model, those, those eventually become trade pieces. Exactly. Yep. A hundred percent. That's that. And that is something where you can show your fan base. Okay. Yeah. We're not good, but we have a couple players who you're going to want to come see play every night. And then if we're really bad and they're playing well, okay, we can sell you that we're trading them and we're going to get even more, you know, talent coming up through the pipeline. Couldn't agree more. You ready to talk some NBA with my shit Knicks? Yeah, and starting with your New York Knicks, Tom. Why don't 
you talk to me about uh, about what's going on with your boys? Uh, Randall is not playing as as needed. I I still like what I've seen out of Barrett. I mean, it's really tough for me to watch games. I, I the the first Knicks game I was able to watch on MSG this year, you know, alone, not at not at someone's house, was in a fucking hotel room in Long Island. It's it's abysmal over here with this YouTube TV. Yeah, I feel um, for you. Yeah, it sucks. Um, but I, I mean, you know, Kemba is uh, brutal. Um, D Rose looks gassed, and I mean, there's a few bright spots on the team. Obi Toppin's taking a small step forward. Mitchell Robinson, as long as he can stay healthy, looks great. But Fournier has been incredibly disappointing, like bad. And I, I just don't know if this team has enough talent. Maybe they're regressing to the mean. Which is really sad because I think they do have enough talent. My question to you is, I know you haven't been able to watch your team, which sucks, but obviously you're paying attention. You find find a way. Tom, this first unit is killing them. Yeah. I mean, they're they're getting off to god-awful starts. They lost to the Magic the other night at home. The Magic have four wins. The Nets barely beat them tonight, minus Harris, Durant, Claxton, a bunch of guys. But... The Magic have four wins, and two of them are at MSG. Yeah, I mean, what else do you have to say? When you get off, when the Magic go up, what seemed what that's like the one game I was able to watch. They were up like twenty to five. I mean, that's when you're digging yourself out of a hole every single game. I mean, you got to get off to hotter starts than that. And Thibodeau is saying, well, you know, I don't want to disrupt the second unit, but that second unit is a second unit because. They're not as good as the first. So I mean, D-Rose might have to start. You're going to have to start. You can't continue, like you said, to get off to these terrible runs every game and be down 15 in the first quarter. Even against the worst teams in the league, those are hard to come back from every time. Yeah, absolutely. It's not like they have the cachet of the, the Bucks or even the Hawks where you, you're confident that they're eventually going to figure it out, especially the, the reigning champion Bucks. I mean, this team is just not good enough to get off to a eight and seven start at this point. No, and they've got a really rough stretch coming up. You got Houston tomorrow, or when most yeah, people hear this podcast, talk about a must win. And then after that, you really have a a, a good stretch of about thirteen to fifteen games against over five hundred teams. And um, I don't know, man, I. I thought the Knicks were going to be better. I had my questions about Kemba, but when we did our predictions, I really thought him and Fournier would be better than this. And they're still, the season's still young. They can turn it around. But we're almost at the time where guys can start being traded. Do you, the Knicks jumped pretty quickly last year at Derrick Rose. Do you see any big shakeups coming up with this team early in trade season? I mean, it's not really, because who are they giving up aside from R.J. Barrett? I mean, you're going to have to start there, probably, if you're trying to make a splash. Yeah, and you know what? But this this team, the way they're run, and I'm not mad about it because I, I think the way they were run in the past was the wrong way. This isn't a championship-caliber team. And, and unless you're going out and getting Dame Lillard, who I don't think they have the pieces to get, I don't really think Brad Beal is enough to make that kind of a splash to put you in contention. And and the Wizards, well, by the way, are ten and five, and they're probably not going anywhere. They look they are so deep, and, and this team looks great. They're they're probably a top six seed for the rest of the year. 
Yeah, there's no way. Of all the years Bradley Beal is going to be traded, this is not it. And I think the Knicks are in a tough spot because... They're in limbo you again. Got, you, they're in limbo again, but they got the taste of what it's like to be a playoff team last year. And there were high expectations this year from fans and from, I think, even people in the NBA thought that they would be better with more talent. And they've regressed. And I don't know if you can sell. You would speak about this better than I would. But can you sell? Can they sell to you as a, as a fan that they're going to just be status quo this year and settle for whatever? Because, okay, maybe they're not a championship team. But if they go from a four seed to not making the playoffs or being a play-in team, I think that's really, really bad. I agree with you from a sense of most fans. To me, you can sell it to me because I don't want to give up assets for you know, uh, a third-tier star that isn't going to put you over the top and you're going to end up losing in the first round, and then you're stuck with them. But you're right to to a to most to for the most part fan base when you go from being a four seed last year. I mean, for me, I look at that as an aberration. I don't think it should have happened. I said that all year. I was happy to be there, but I mean, I think this team's a playing team, and, and I don't think there's any trade out there that they can make unless I'm not thinking of a certain player on the roster that they can get rid of that is going to put them over the top into the top six to where you want to be in the top four. Uh, right now, Disappointing I don't think Disappointing position, anything. but it, it is right. what it is. And, and you, unfortunately, you got to look ahead to the future, and the future is brighter right now for the Knicks than it has been in a long time because they're not sacrificing draft picks. And they're making moves the right way, and this is going to be this is going to be what we thought it was last year. Unfortunately, I thought that they were going to be at the beginning of the year a play-in team, and that we were going to have a slow five-year rebuild, and then we got all excited because they became a four seed in a shortened COVID season where not everybody was playing as hard as the Knicks were, and the Knicks just out hustled teams last year and that's not happening this year so we're going back to how I felt at the beginning of the year last year when I said I'd be happy with the play-in game but don't you think you have to recalibrate expectations why would I recalibrate expectations when I'm, I'm looking at all the facts here and I'm looking at the at, at what we have on paper and I mean I'm not going to recalibrate expectations when I know last year as of now at eight and seven, getting blown out by the fucking magic twice in MSG. I know that last last season was an aberration. Okay, but let me push back on you just for a quick second, and not at any of what you just laid out. I mean, we pretty much agreed across the board that they weren't going to be a four seed this year. I think we, each of us had them as six. Mm-hmm. I know I had them six. Um, even with the infusion of talent, we both said that the conference got a lot better and deeper, and Atlanta was a team that nobody saw coming, and then you saw them go to the East Final, and you've obviously got Brooklyn, and you've got Milwaukee, who's Miami, and all, all on down the line. I don't need to rehash that out, but I would say if I'm the Knicks, I'll say my piece and then get your opinion on it. You are at a point where I think you have to start surveying the market for a superstar, and you might not get the best one, Name some players. It might, so. not, it might not be Dame, but you've seen how super teams start to get built. And that's 
by a great player already being there. And I know people had their hopes up that Julius Randle was going to be that guy. He He's not. that guy. So Julius Randle is probably him, the fourth best player on a championship team. Julius Randle might be a sixth man on a championship team. I would say he could be a third. I think he could be the third best player on a championship team. But you're saying that like if he was on if he was on Milwaukee. I mean, yeah. If if you're if you're if he was on Brooklyn. If your other great players are Steph Curry and Kevin Durant, maybe. But that's what I'm saying. Like he could be the third. He could be the third on 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 some championship team. Like right now, like he would be probably the third best player on the Lakers. Lakers are not doing well, but yeah, he would. Yeah, so that, that's my only point. But I guess I, I just want to ask you this question because from a non Knicks fan, I don't think any player on your roster should be untouchable. Do you think any player on your roster should be untouchable? Absolutely not. But my Good. but but. The thing is, like, with Julius Randle just signing a contract, like, he's obviously going to be – he's staying. They're not going to trade him. He's, he's he's too tough to trade unless the salaries match up. And, and there's, It's not and, that hard, man. He gave you all a really big discount. Yeah, that's true. But it'd have to be a, an, an incredibly disgruntled player. And then you're – but then the problem is you're clearing out all of the cabinets for for a player and then you're back to square one. You know what yes, I mean? Yes, but where you currently are is this isn't that... the Brooklyn Nets last year where they can go out and get James Harden and 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 oh oh boo hoo we gave up Jared Allen but you went and got James Harden with Kevin Durant um, an unvaccinated Kyrie Irving <laughs> <laughs> and, and Joe Harris and a lot of other pieces to build around when right. you can when you can then turn around and sign. Guys for either the the veterans minimum or, or or buyout guys like Blake Griffin and Lamarcus Aldridge who's back and a, and a few others and piece the rest of that thing together. Let's say the Knicks make a trade for I don't know. Give me give me a superstar. We'll we'll just pretend it's Dame Lillard. So then Dame Lillard's probably going to cost you Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, draft picks. And then it's Dame Lillard and nobody else. I, I, he's much better in Portland than he is here. But, but you shed that contract, those other contracts. You bring in Dame, and then you attract other free agents. Agreed. But then we're gonna. But then we're gonna play. But then we're gonna play the free agent game with with a bear with a with a barren it's, cabinet and no draft picks like we've tried to do in the past with one superstar, and then we're back to square one of media, not even mediocrity, of just having Dame and sucking. Oh, come sit in the seats because Melo's here. Yeah, but that's different. I mean, I, I don't think a lot of players wanted to play with Melo. And they got Melo as a trade when they already had signed Amare. Like, I think it's different now because now your big thing is, okay, we're going to get players who want to come play with Dame. And we're going to be playing at MSG. I Listen, I'm, obviously, I'm going to do a complete heel turn if we go out and get a player like Dame Lillard. But of first of all, first of all, I don't think we have the talent to go out and get a guy like Dame Lillard unless he, you know, absolutely raises hell and says he only Can wants to go to the Knicks. The Nets didn't have the talent to get James Harden. Yeah, there but, was there, an but, incompetent but, franchise that traded him to the Nets instead of trading for Ben Simmons. Yes, because there was, but that was the thing: was the Nets. The Nets in that circumstance were the only location. 
There's the Portland like there's no team out there that's a dumb team right now. You have to be able to take advantage of dumb teams, and for right now, there's not. And the Knicks don't have the pieces to make a fair deal. But great players can hold you hostage, though. As but as name name the player right now. They, they, I don't have one right now. I'm just speaking in hypothetical. Where if there is a move to be made. There's nobody on your roster you agree that you would have to hold on to and is no, untouchable. Right? I agree so with you, but I also don't. I don't. One, I don't think there's a trade to be made, and unfortunately for my fellow Knicks fans, I think that we're just going to have to accept the fact that last year was an aberration, and that this team was not that played played well above what their top line should be because they out hustled and out muscled teams. And Thibodeau deserves all the credit in the world for getting his guys to play their asses off last year. And they won a lot of games off grit and grind. And this year they're not being able to do so because they don't have the talent to stick with other teams when they had a full offseason and they're ready to go. Last point on the Knicks before we move off of this, because I could talk about this all day and I think it's fascinating, is then you're just going to be that consistent middling, middle-of-the-road team. But here's the thing. Because Barrett's never going to be the You're guy right. that leads but, you to. But the Knicks need to build something, and they're I starting. I think they did that last year. I think they did that last year. Because now if you – because, Tom, I'm telling you, man. If but they, here's the difference. Because you can comp the Nets to the Knicks, which I know is what's coming. But no, at the I end, wasn't going to comp them at all. But, but here's the thing. And the Nets were building something with D'Angelo Russell and, and whatever you want to say. And it was fun. But at the end of the – but at the end of that – that finish line there, Kevin Durant and unvaccinated Kyrie Irving were there. Were there? Were there waiting for you? Right. And the only reason why okay. listen. And by the way, caveat real quick. Yeah. I don't really like vaccinated, vaccinated, vaccinated or not. Like I don't want people to think I'm like some heavy vaxxer or an anti-vaxxer. It's just the fact that Kyrie Irving can't do his job right now because he's not vaccinated. So oh, that's yeah, why that I'm insulting ridiculous. him so much. Um, but with that being said, like. I mean, yeah, there's always hope that if if the Knicks make a trade, make it more attractive, that people are at the end of the finish line. But Sean, you're you're not you're not in my position here where I've seen LeBron James say no, and then I've seen all the superstars say no again, a la right. Kevin Durant and all them, and we're left, you know, we're playing musical chairs and we're left standing around with our dicks in our hand. <laughs> and that's every single time. Want. Every single time. Where, but, so you know, so it's like, do we have to treat – I understand that we're the fucking Knicks and that we're the most – you know, we're one of the most attractive destinations, this, that, and the third. But given our ownership issues, although Dolan's been quiet lately, I'm waiting for him to crop up, we may have to, for the time being, until we have more than one shortened season where we had an aberration year, we may have to run this like a small market team and try and build from within – until we can get that reputation back, I understand where you're coming from, and and it's not apples to orange, or it's not apples to apples because that's what that's why I wasn't going to make the Nets comp, but you know because Katie and Kyrie were available in the same off season, so you you know you can check that off if you have the cap space, which they did. There's not a free agent class like that anytime super soon, but the Nets were in the position where they could have stayed pat if there wasn't a Durant and you had a D'Angelo Russell and let's say you give him the four-year deal or you, you, know, you, you get Levert an extension and exactly but like 
you know, you talk about the Knicks and like it was an aberration. It's like, okay, like let's stop pretending like that 2019 net team was this great overachieving team. Dude, they won 42 and 40. They won, they were the sixth seed in a bad, bad conference and won one playoff game. And they capitalized and said, hey, we could continue to build here, but we've already done that. Now we're shooting for the stars. And if KD and Kyrie didn't come, they were going to pay some middle, some other guys a lot, a lot of money because they knew that they were not going to just continue to be this four or five seed. And what the Knicks unfortunately did, I think the worst thing that happened to the Knicks was them being a four seed and having what happened you know, in the playoffs happened to them because exactly you and i are now, on the same page with that because but, now but now what i'm saying is though is that you're at a point where if you don't make the playoffs or you're a playing team and don't go far that is regardless of however you want to phrase it or frame it that is a huge regression and now you might go back just by performance alone to the team that nobody wants to go to because oh look at this they they're they're fucking just fumbling all over themselves they didn't make any big trades they're not going to change any of their assets they're going to go into 2022 2023 with the same cast of characters with maybe a few different additions and subtractions and there you go it's it's tough. I think you got to capitalize while while the irons are hot, and if there's somebody who becomes available, you fucking pounce at them. When that name's there, I, I can change my tone, of course. But as of right now, it's just I, I look at last year, and you're right; it was the worst thing to happen to the Knicks because less into basketball or understanding, or I I don't want to use any disrespectful words, but Knicks fans that. Just look at last year and think it should be this year again. Are going to expect to be a four seed again, and that's just not the case, especially with a stronger Eastern Conference. Because I know that only you know sixteen games have been played, but go up and down the standings right now. The teams in front of the Knicks, I don't see them finishing ahead of any of them, and the Bucks and the Hawks at least are going to jump over them as well. No, no question about it. That's why I think. If that player becomes available, and I'm not saying just to do it for anybody, and one disgruntled star on a bad team, well, you know, like, like I'm not saying give up anything for like a John Wall or a De'Aaron Fox. Oh, I don't think De'Aaron Fox. I have Fox a heart attack. Although De'Aaron Fox would be fun. John Wall, I, I, I don't even want him to. Uh, it, John Wall, I don't even want him in the state. I don't care if he's just visiting. But, <laughs> but that's like a Knicks move of old. Like you wouldn't. No, do they that. won't do that. Come on, I so know he's a Kentucky I, guy, but that was like 20 right. years ago. Exactly. So you don't have to worry about that. And, and I hear the PTSD exuding from you on, on this podcast, and that's fair. It's and I don't I'm ready to move it. on. Well, let's move on then. All I'm going to say is I'm glad that you agree that nobody on your team is untouchable. I know you're not Hell one no. of those delusional fans. And Who's untouchable on this team? Who Who is a one fans or even a two? Fans will say RJ. Fans will say RJ. RJ's a nice – like pop. Honestly, you want to know what R.J. Barrett is? R.J. Barrett is Harrison Barnes on those championship Warriors teams. That's a really interesting comp. I hadn't thought of that before. I don't even know who to comp him to. Good yet. defender can knock down a three, but you're not gonna. You shouldn't be running the offense through him. He's a starter, and Harrison Barnes is not playing bad right now in Sacramento. But that's no, he's a very solid player. But I mean, that's I think that's R.J. Barrett's best. You know, on a bad team. Yeah, he can get you 20. But really, you want him in that 15 to 16 point range where the ball isn't in his hands all the time. That's when I, and, and, he's, and he's guarding the other team's best player. 
That's Maybe RJ Barrett's best. Th- that's like yeah. his ceiling for NBA career wise. Yeah, maybe like a Terrence Ross type too, you know, that kind of mold. And and, and I agree. And, and but and I'm the worst thing that New York fans do as we are them, but I think we we kind of deviate from the pack, but you see it all the time. I mean, dude, and we're going to talk about my Nets in, in a second here. All we want are our prospects to come up, right? And and do great. We don't want to trade this guy because we've heard about how good he is in single A or we don't want to we want to see our draft pick play because he had a great summer league or we want to see our first round pick play, and, and even if it's at the doesn't help our current roster, we want to see our draft picks or this guy we took in the sixth round, you know, get the starting nod over a veteran we don't like. I mean, that's just, I think New York is more than any fan base loves themselves, their homegrown guys that have had like a modicum of success, which is what Barrett's had, uh, Mitchell Robinson has had. And Obi Toppin has had. So I agree with you. Nobody should be untouchable, but they fans get sentimental over these guys. It just is what it is. Um, and that's where you have to trust your front office to that's what I was going to say, let's hope the fans don't run the team, right? Well, that's what, you know, for all kidding aside about Cashman, I think that's why the Yankees are always perennially a, a, a contending team. Because he, if Carlos Correa was at the right price tag, Cashman would sign him. Yeah, absolutely. And he's done that with Clemens. He's done that with Damon. He did that with Boggs. He's done that with a bunch of guys because that's that's how you win. But talking, moving over to the other team, because I think we're going to have a long winter, especially with no baseball news, to talk about our basketball teams. My Brooklyn Nets won again tonight, very shorthanded, and by the skin of their ass, they got a vintage James Harden performance. They are now uh, 12-5. and yeah, the uh, Nets are the Nets are fine. They're going to finish with the one seed because Harden's feeling his way out, and he's starting to figure out how to play in this new, more physical game, which I was honestly never really worried about because Harden is no. a big physical player. He just had to get over the the flopitis, but that's a tough had disease. To get in shape too. That's a tough disease to get over, man. But he seems to have shaken it. Kevin Durant's playing at an MVP level. You guys have a lot of good role players that, and and your defense is really really solid. This team can be a one seed without Kyrie Irving. I don't think you have anything to worry about. No, uh, there are a few concerns. I mean, Durant's now out. For, I don't want to hear you fucking concerns. With his, I, I don't want to hear with his, Well, that's too bad because I'm going to bring him to the table because, unfortunately, they're not uh, anything close to comping to the Knicks, but they are comping to other title-contending teams. And, Tom, they got a witness test this week, and they got absolutely hammered by Golden State. And I understand it was their first home game after a six-game road trip, and Durant obviously had been playing a little banged up with his shoulder, and Steph did Steph things, and the Warriors, you know, they took it on the chin from the Nets last year, and they wanted to win. But Barclays center sounded like fucking Chase center. That was concerning because mm. Barclays was great for the playoffs last year. Like, you could hear it during that playoff series against Milwaukee. But that was concerning. They were MVP chance for Steph. And the Nets got run off the floor, and part of it was because I know Joe Harris is hurt right now, and he'll obviously come back. And Harris has had a lot of it coming his way for his poor performance in the end of that Milwaukee series. But he spreads the floor when he's hitting threes. This team is really tough to guard. But they don't have a lot of great offense. And you're right, the defense has gotten better, which is nice to see. But with Kyrie out, and if Harden's getting stifled a bit or Durant's having to take some really impossible shots, I mean, Blake Griffin is basically nothing on offense. Aldridge has been a walking bucket. It's been great to see him. But Bruce Brown offensively is limited. Um, 
And I don't know where they're going to get this other infusion of offense from uh, unless they make a trade or Kyrie comes back. And obviously they're going to be fine, right? They have more talent than other teams, so they can win a lot of bad against a lot of bad teams. But they've lost this year to the Hornets. That's probably a playoff team. They've lost to Chicago. They're one of the darlings of the league so far. They got killed by Golden State. Um, They obviously got killed by Milwaukee on opening night. So they've struggled against the good teams. Um, and I do think, and Miami beat them too. That's that's their fifth loss. So I do think that there is some semblance of concern for how they're matching up against the other really good teams in the NBA. I do agree with you, and I think this Kyrie loss, like I said, they're going to be fine. They're going to figure it out. But this, when it comes to the playoff time, this Kyrie loss it is going to cost them because they do need that third creator because everybody else on this team is a feed off other guys. I mean, Aldridge is is fun hitting his turnaround fadeaways, but that, you know, that's only good for a few minutes. The guy's an old man out there, but, um, with a heart condition. Mills has been really good too, but yeah, but yeah. again, he's not going to go out and get you a fucking bucket. He's going to run pick and roll and he's going to play good defense. You need somebody who can put the ball in the basket and set up other people. And Kyrie Irving and Clay Thompson would be the best non-trade acquisitions of the year. If Kyrie can, you know, I don't know, he's getting paid, show up to work. Yeah, that'd be nice. It'd be really nice. And God, I'm going to tell my company, like, Kyrie Irving doesn't have to show up to work. Why do I? Just pay me. <laughs> yeah, and they're going to say, well, you're not the Kyrie Irving of, of our company. So, I think I am. Anyway. In terms well, of talent, you think you are, but that, in terms of talent I think I am <laughs> on, this, on the – honestly, I'm a better player than Kyrie Irving when it comes now, to my No, see, that's, that can't be true. Oh, as much player. as I think – I'm a number think, one. As, Kyrie I think two. that you're probably great at what you do, but uh, no, I don't think that that is a fair comparison. Um, Tom, honestly, man, I don't know. This team, like you said, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. This is not going to be the final team, whether it's with Kyrie or without Kyrie. This is not the final iteration of the season of this Nets roster, so I'm not going to buy too much stock into it. But, man, they lost on Tuesday by a lot. You, The next day, you would have thought that they were 7-12. and Seven and ten. I mean, people were talking about how, oh, my God, this team blows. And we're going to go around the league, but I took much more out of how great the Warriors were than how bad the Nets were. It was an off game. It happens. They've been winning nonstop. Yeah, but that's not the NBA, man. It's not. But The I sky's mean, falling like, every day. For, for But that's, I think, the weird thing, too, is, you know, I, I got a taste of it last year, but it's really this year. Like, this is what happens when you – this is what every day in Lakerland is like, right? Like – this is if you're if you're considered one of those very rare few teams that is capable of winning a championship you're graded on a higher scale um and nobody gives a fuck if you're beating the thunder yeah i gotta say i feel terrible for you i'm sure i can i can really feel the uh the sentiment coming from you uh but anyway i think the nets are fine the knicks It'll be interesting to see you over the next stretch. I think they play each other uh, in a week and a half. Which you made good points on your next argument. I just, you know, I'm I feeling you. like limbo. I, That's all. I don't, yeah, I don't even, I didn't even consider it an argument. I think it was more just dialogue and conversation because it's mm-hmm. a tough spot to be in. You know, it's it really is. And paying attention to the Knicks this year, and I, I'm surprised at how poorly they've been. And, I just don't know what the tolerance level is, but I do think that your organization is better equipped now to make not make that really stupid trade, but also should be available and willing to listen on anybody on the roster. Um, 
throughout the league, Tom, let's go west first. Give me three storylines or three teams that you want to talk about the most, either good or bad. All right, I guess we'll start off with the Golden State Warriors, the best team in the NBA, 14-2. and two. Um, They don't even have Klay Thompson back. Jonathan Kaminga looks amazing. They also don't have James Wiseman back. Jordan Poole looks amazing. Uh, Gary Payton's kid is jumping out of the gym. That team has more athleticism than they have ever had, including in their three championship years. Uh, even when Steph has a bad game, this team has enough talent to beat some really good teams out there. Um, and I'm just I'm really surprised by Kaminga because he's actually able to play because, one, he's not doing too much. Two, he can lock up anybody on the floor. Iguodala looks back. Draymond's playing with his hair on fire, which is obviously when he's at his best, even when he's a slight little bit out of control. Um, this team, especially when they get Clay back, who is going to be the biggest acquisition of the year, trade or not, um, unless unvaxxed Kyrie comes back. Um, and, and this team just looks like it's poised to make a huge run again. They're so good, and they're so fun. And they've got – Bill Simmons mentioned this on his podcast yesterday. They've got kind of that FU about them again. And the example he used was as they're blowing the Nets out and Harden and Durant are on the bench, you know, the Nets score six in a row. Kirk calls a timeout. He keeps Steph out, and Steph hits two – threes from msg <laughs> yeah and uh and it was just that like oh i remember this i i, re- I remember watching this wasn't too long years, ago right exactly um i agree with you on the warriors they are they're a juggernaut they're only going to get better and as long as they're healthy they're um they're a legitimate force I, i've been saying man does my western conference uh finals appearance pick look pretty good but i might have undersold Jeez, a little bit looking like a genius there What's your second team in the uh, West you want to talk about real second fast? Second team on a positive note, I want to talk about the Clips. Um, All right. Paul George is playing like an MVP candidate. And, I mean, this team without Kawhi Leonard isn't, um, I would say, is not the most talented team, but they are deep. Bledsoe is a really good regular season player. Reggie Jackson's probably ad- averaging around 20 points a game. Batum has had a resurgence ever since he got there. Um, And this team, and Terrence Mann is another player who can fill it up. Um, And Paul George is just dragging this team, by the way. He's been great. You know, there's a lot of... MVP candidate. Top three, I'd say, right now. Oh, Him, Steph, Kevin Durant. No, he's been great. I forget anybody. Joker. No, I think those three are the clear runaways so far. Um, That's four, but yeah. I wasn't going to put Joker in there, but uh, I meant Steph Durant and Paul George. But yeah, I mean, he's this is his team, and everybody looks at him like he should be a one. I think we've resigned him to being a two, um, but so far he looks great. And this team is sneaky good. I mean, I, I think that they – I think preparing to play without Kawhi they're really getting used to knowing what that's like and not having the expectations of, oh, what's it going to be like when he comes back or what we should be. It's like, no, let's just enjoy playing this year and work on getting better and building continuity. And I think Ty Lue, it's safe to say, man, he's a good coach. Yeah, he he definitely is. I'll give you one disappointment um, for me. I don't really know if they should be a disappointment because of how they've performed since – 
God, 2004, it seems like. But uh, that's the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, mm-hmm. I guess you could say them and the Kings, but I'd say more the Timberwolves because I think the Timberwolves have even a little bit more talent than the uh, than the Kings. Um, they just they suck, honestly. And I don't know if it's because Carl Anthony Towns isn't a winner, um, but Anthony Edwards has been has really. I mean, he was good last year, and he's taken a leap this year. He's clearly the best player on this team, even with Cat on this team. Um, but aside from him and Cat, this team sucks. D'Angelo Russell, the, Golden State literally committed armed robbery when they traded for Andrew Wiggins, who I didn't mention in my Golden State love affair, but he has been playing incredibly <laughs> on both ends of the floor. And for them to get him and then Kaminga off of off of them for D'Angelo fucking Russell, who yeah, it's amazing. Honestly, is poop. He's straight poop. Oh, he stinks. I mean, it's 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 truly also goes to show how the NBA is reactionary. I mean, we talk about the NFL, but my fucking god, you the Nets did a sign and trade for Kevin Durant with with D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo I Russell mean, makes one All Star team, and 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 the world is coming to an end on him. This is his what fourth team. Fourteen. I mean, at some point, somebody is what they what they somebody is what they they are. I mean, I don't even know who his like comp is. I've got some players running through my mind, but every player that comes from like Stevie Francis, he's definitely he yeah. was definitely better than him. Baron Davis, he was definitely better than him. Uh, no I'm doubt. trying to think of a guy that made a couple All Star teams. That Marbury was better than him. Marbury was I. Marbury was the first one to come to mind. Marbury was a hundred times better than him. Um, I don't even know the guy who you who is held in a much higher regard than he deserves to be held in. I can't think of one off the top of my head, but it's it's remarkable. And yeah, I mean they're just in perpetual purgatory. I mean, that is really all that Minnesota is, and it sucks because this just goes to show this is an NBA two K like cat. And D'Angelo Russell and uh, Anthony Edwards are not going to score you 100 points a game and win. Like I, their cat's going to get traded. I don't know if it's going to be this off yeah. during the season or this off season. He's question. gone. Yeah, he's gone. Um, and then D'Angelo Russell. Do you want to just move him just for the sake of moving him so he doesn't take anything away from Anthony Edwards? You're going to have to eat most of that money, attach a player maybe. Um, as a you know, as a expiring contract, and have somebody give you basically nothing in return, like that's really probably where they're at with him. I'm thinking honestly, I'm thinking D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns for Ben Simmons and Tyrese Maxey. That would be great for both sides because you know you got you got you can tell me oh you know uh, you have you already have Embiid in the middle. Carl Anthony Towns is like one of the best shooting big men of all time, and he's also a power forward, suited best. Yeah, I, and Russell, I, you can have him come off the bench, or you can have him start as long as you can take the ball out of his hands a little bit and have him play off the ball. What were you going to say? I was going to ask you real fast. By the way, you're right on all of that. I, I think that fit makes sense for both teams. Do we know if Cat's really any different than what Anthony Davis was? And what I mean by that is everybody said, you know, Anthony Davis is this guy. We got to get him to LA, LeBron. We got to get him to LA. He's a fucking stud. 
And yeah, granted, he had playoff moments with with the Pelicans that Cat has not had with the Wolves. But you look at their numbers; they're not that mm-hmm. different. And I think Cat in a better environment is yeah. the kind of player that that Anthony Davis is. I, I might be wrong, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of listeners that are like, "You're out of your fucking Listen, mind." But what I, I has think... Anthony Davis done without LeBron? He hasn't done shit. You're right. I, I think Anthony Davis is a much more. I think offensively, they're 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 very comparable. And Carl Anthony Towns, by all means, is a good defender. Anthony Davis is one, probably the top two defender in the league that's the only difference between them but i completely agree with you and and your point being made uh, and i'll tell you i was dead wrong about it all, throughout all the years that you can't win with the center um and me arguing anthony davis you're absolutely right and, and i don't think that a center can and maybe aside from joker and joel Embiid. I don't think no. you i don't think you can build around a center and expect to win a championship team I expect think to win a championship proven- I think we're being proven with those guys too. I mean, hey, Philly, it's not—it's not a we thing, bro. You could take all the credit for this because that's uh, uh, fine. I mean, <laughs> listen, I—I'll put in. Listen, you—you—I'll—I'll—I I'll gotta give you where credit's due because I'm still gonna bust your balls about Kirk Cousins. Of course you are, which is three years in the making. Congrats. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, listen, we're even seeing that with with Denver and and with Philly. I mean, they're both phenomenal basketball players, but they've not. What's the most that Denver's done? They went to a West. Have they even been to a West final? Yes. Okay, so they went to a West final. That's it. And Philly's been to the second round, or they were in the East final this past year. Yeah, yeah. What am I talking about? But that's that's their ceiling, right? Like they don't have that next player that's going to take them over the 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 cusp. And if they do, it's. I mean, we see DeAndre Ayton. Like, man, did he have some unbelievable moments last year? But they won because they had Chris Paul and, and, and Devin Booker. And I'm not putting Giannis in this category. Giannis is not one of those guys. So it, it, it's Giannis, true. Yeah. The traditional, the traditional centers, they can win MVPs. They can win scoring titles. They can be dominant, dominant players. But you're not winning because of them. And as great as Giannis was, when he was having his meltdowns during some of those playoff games against the Nets. It was Chris Middleton that bailed him out. Obviously, I'm not saying that Chris Middleton was the one. Obviously, Giannis was the one. But he needed help because in a playoff series, he couldn't do everything on his own, right? So it is, it's just been proven time and time again in today's NBA that you're not – if the Nuggets take that next step, it's going to be because of Jamal Murray. And if uh, Philly takes their next – that next step it's going to be because of whomever they get from Ben Simmons. <laughs> Just, sorry, let me, <laughs> I can't wait to hear the better. name because it ain't yeah. going to be Tobias Harris. I can tell it you It ain't going to be Tobias Harris or Danny Green or Tyrese Maxey. That's for goddamn sure. Real fast, Tom, because we spent a lot of time on there. We, we talked about our two teams. Rattle off three things in the East, uh, three teams in the East that are either uh, good things or bad things and uh, just acknowledgments from you real fast. Bulls, uh, DeRozan's playing the best ball of his career. Uh, Levine looks to have gotten better, even though he's not shooting the ball that great. Alonzo looks incredible. Um, I mean, Vooch is, is like a silent party on this team just because the rest of the team's playing so well together. They're monsters defensively. I love the Bulls. Uh, right below them, the Fun Wizards. Team. Fun and Caruso, too. Throw Caruso in Absolutely. There. He's been talking great. Right below them, the Wizards, they look deep as fuck. I mean, they they go, you know, like 10 players deep. Caldwell Pope looks amazing on this team. Aaron Holiday. Uh, Hachimura hasn't even really played yet. I'm excited for him to come back. 
um, this team looks really deep. And, and they look like they're poised to avoid that play-in game and just go straight to the playoffs. Agreed. Those two teams are kind of mirror images of each other. And the last team, uh, I'll just finish it off for you. Yeah, you uh, go. Charlotte. Charlotte. They're really fucking good. We're going all three positives here. Uh, we already mentioned the Bucks, who I'm Boston not worried about. Sucks. Yeah, Boston Boston's ass, sucks. and and they really got to think about trading one of those two. I mean, they're they both great to. players, and, and they're both really young and a lot of fun. I think out of the two of them, the oldest player is Jalen Brown, and and uh, what is he? Twenty two. Yeah, twenty three. I think. Yeah. Uh, oh shit, he's twenty five. He's an old man. Get rid of him. Um, oh, expired. <laughs> done. Um, Thirty year old. He's done. His best years are behind. Yeah, right. Um, but <laughs> yeah, going back to the Hornets, uh, that team that team is a lot of fun. Uh, Lamelo has picked up where he left off uh, towards the end of the season. Um, Bridges has just taken another level this year. He's just uh, an absolute terror on the offensive and defensive end. And you haven't even heard that much about Gordon Hayward. So when he plays himself into shape. That's going to be really interesting. And, bro, they're not even playing Book Knight. Book Knight's in the G League. That's how good they are. He, he, they don't even have to use him yet. Yeah. I, so they I, can let him develop, which is which is a great thing for that franchise. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, let's put, a, let's put a cork in uh, NBA. I, I think we went around the league pretty well there. I do too. Um, I, it's, been a, it's been a minute since we talked NBA, and we'll be talking more I of it. I felt good, man. Good. Felt great. Um, what also feels great is a completed week 10, one game into week 11. But we got to do a recap of week 10 because, Tom, we talked about it last week when we were coming off that crazy week. But there's no great team in the mm-hmm. NFL. I'm not surprised by any results anymore. So why don't we move on down the line, starting with two Thursdays ago when the Dolphins beat the Ravens uh, 22-10 in Miami. And, Tom, have you learned your lesson? Yeah, we didn't get a chance to we didn't get a chance to pick last night because we recorded late. But have you learned your lesson? Are you done with Thursdays unless it's our team? Both of our teams are no longer playing on a Thursday night this year, so you got to be done. Yeah, I I don't have okay. a choice, Sean. I mean, the NFL it, it, the NFL is not giving me a choice. I cannot figure out Thursday night games. Um, I mean, you know, Tua having his problems that might have been his best game. Yeah, and he wasn't even supposed to play. Brissett no. got the start. Yeah, um, I, I'm done with this because, again, uh, you know, I, I feel like <laughs> I'm honestly I'm fucking done done with the NFL altogether. Just, there's so much frustration in your voice. Oh no, it's just like how uh, many times can I say grain of salt? Man. How many fucking times can I say grain of salt? That's a gra- that's another grain of salt game. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Going down, and we're going to talk about that game later. I don't know. Do you want to talk about it now? That's what another grain of salt game. No, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to save you. Do you want to talk? When do you want to talk about your chess? I don't want to. No, we don't have to talk about them at all. Oh, we have to Joe talk about Joe Flacco them. is yes, our fucking do. quarterback. What to happened to my that. guy, Mike White? And listen. They, well, he played against the Bills, so that's what happened to Mike White. He I, was a sacrificial lamb. I know, and... I don't even know if he should have been out there. But to put a bow on it, listen, what else can I say but grain of salt? I think the Ravens are are a very good team. I think they're a playoff team. I believe they're one of my picks this week. Um, Hey. And and listen, they played on, what, Sunday the week before, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that Thursday night game, three days rest gets you. 
on the road too. Obviously, that didn't bother the path last night. But yeah, on the road in South Beach, maybe God, they had a and I, guys. I was so got close. after it down there. Sean, let me tell you, I was so close to texting you at like four o'clock, saying, "Yo, give me your picks because I want to pick the path, but I want it on uh, I want it on record before." And I said, ah, "I can't do another Thursday night game." So did you – okay, so we didn't do that, obviously, but did you make any picks now that the legalized betting is there in Connecticut for you? No, because I've been, I've been in New York all week. But, yes, I did make, I did lose money last week because I got fucked on a teaser by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which I thought was the lock of all locks. I had them tied into so many fucking teasers that my yeah. head was spinning. Yeah, you and everybody else. Um, that game was nuts. That, that I might Miami take this game. week off. All right, well. Yeah, we'll see what your sperm bank pick of the week does. That's going to be important. I mean, listen, you still got to get the boys some money. It's holiday season. Uh, <laughs> everybody needs a little bit more income or some uh, some quick impulse buys. But just to put a bow on that game, man, uh, in the roundabout way that we did, the Dolphins I still don't think are very good. Tua did have his best game. Maybe he built some confidence. He is playing your Jets this week in MetLife. But I still believe that this team has a lot of flaws and Baltimore has a few of these games every year where you're just like, what the fuck? I mean, they had it against Cincinnati where, God, what was that? What was the score of that game? Cincinnati beat them by like 30, right? I mean, it, it happens, but then you just know off their track record. You don't – I would advise anybody, and as somebody who's not very good at this, I would just only say this. Do not pick against Baltimore based off their previous week going into the next week because that's usually when they burn you. Yeah, and uh, you know, give yourself a little credit. I've got I tallied up the records, uh, and you're above five hundred, my friend. I have been lucky, and I'm trying not to jinx anything, but <laughs> I've I felt good with my picks this year because I have I have been staying away from what's bit me in the ass so many years with this before. I've stayed away from the Vikings. I've stayed away from the Falcons, and I've not touched Thursday night games. So I've been I've been living happily there. I don't. I wouldn't say I'm doing anything ambitious, but I'm playing. I'm playing the long game. And I'm being safe. One thing that I speaking of long games, Tom, and we're going to segue. I'm going to make you do it, and we don't have to spend too long on it. Your New York Jets. They got killed by Buffalo. That was expected. Buffalo obviously needed to get right game after whatever the hell that performance was in Jacksonville. Mike White got the start. I really do think that they put him out there because they didn't want him to be great. And if he was great awesome you know now you have a real quarterback controversy they get killed okay mike white era done you show why you've been cut 11 times zach wilson's not ready to go and now you're going to start joe flacco when this news came down wednesday i actually i didn't laugh i just like had an impulse to text my dad and make sure he was okay. <laughs> Your dad should and be just, okay and I, because... And I did the typical Tom text with just, you doing okay? <laughs> but that's all I did because I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I just don't know how this continues to happen. They find new ways. <laughs> Here's the deal. Your dad your dad needs to be okay with this because the the alternative would be that you're, you're starting the, you're starting uh you're starting Zach Wilson when maybe he's not 100% and you're really setting him up for failure because if the Jets go out and get clapped by Miami, I mean, that I could already see it now. That's, oof, that's bad. So I, I'm okay with this. Your dad should be okay with this. Let the kid get back to 100% and let's not, uh, 
the sky's already falling. Let's let's not speed it up. So I've thought about this over the last few days, and I'm kind of glad we're doing this pod now for this topic as opposed to Wednesday because Wednesday I might have actually been on your side for all those reasons. But the more I've listened to people talk about it and the more I've thought about it, I think this is asinine. I think this is awful, and I would be fucking furious. And I'll tell you why. One, Joe Flacco's only playing because you gave a six-round pick for him. Uh, Zach Wilson should be fine by this time. They said it was a three-week injury. It's now week five. Mm. So there's that. Then, Joe Flacco, why not Josh Johnson, who slung the ball all around Indianapolis? Yeah. He can't play? You're playing Joe Flacco because you gave up an asset. And I know a six-round pick doesn't usually turn out to be anything, but for a bad team that prides itself on trading for guys or trading guys for draft slots, traded a draft pick for Joe Flacco, who was never going to play for the Eagles. So you're justifying playing him. You can't play Mike White because Mike White era has come and gone. Yeah, it sucks. Zach Wilson – is now right now, and I'm telling you this. It does. I'm not comping the players, so don't worry about that. He's he's right now, Sam Darnold. I Sam know. Darnold's rookie year. We said, well, you know, he, he he had a stretch where he didn't play, and do we really know what we have going into year two? And year two, he he has mono, and then he gets hurt again. And year three, he has a bit of an absence, and then he's gone. You, I need to see with this guy, and I'm not using every comparison the same man, but like. Eli Manning was getting dismantled his rookie year when they moved off of Kurt Warner, when they, by the way, were 5-4. and four. And Eli Manning and the Giants lost every game the rest of the way until Week 17. And one of those games was a game in Baltimore where your then, soon-to-be head coach Rex Ryan, admitted that he had to call out the dogs because they were afraid they were going to kill the kid. It is zero point zero passer rate. And the Giants, <laughs> yeah, you know what? You're making, you're and making the Giants a good case. continue to lose... Every game until that Week 17 game against Dallas. And Eli went the next year, but you could say comfortably, okay, he really took his lumps. He, he, he's, he's faced these bat, these really great defenses. He's seen it. He's gotten back up from it. And the veterans are starting to kind of get a, get a sense for what this guy's made of. I can't get a sense of what Mike – or Mike White. Oh, my God, I almost said Mike White. Of what uh, Wilson is. I still hold out not, hope for Mike if White. If he's not playing. He's got to play. Yeah, you're making me do a 180 here. I agree. And now I'm not going to watch the Jets. I probably wasn't anyways, but it is asinine because it's not like you're sending him out there against, like you said, the Baltimore Ravens of 2000 and 2000 or whatever year that was. Yeah, 04, yeah. 04, I'm sorry. Um, You know, like you're playing the Dolphins. This shouldn't be that tough of a game. It should be a close game. If Zach Wilson's 100%, or if Zach Wilson is quote-unquote, because nobody in the NFL is 100% in week 11, if he's healthy, he needs to play. And he needs to play every single game. You're right. You're absolutely right. And can he show that he can play through a bit of an injury? Because if he does turn out to be the kind of guy that you want him to be, you can't be missing games because he's not 100%. He's got to be playing through some nagging injuries. Like you said, nobody's 100%. I, I I am baffled by this because there's just no way you can prove to me. I mean, Tom, do you know how many points per game the Dolphins' defense has given up this year? No idea. They're giving up 25 points a game. Probably more post. Probably more before that Ravens game too. 
I mean, they only gave up 10 in that one, but Jesus, I, exactly, probably more before that. So this great Brian Flores defense has been getting gashed this year. And you're saying that Joe Flacco is better equipped to handle this team? And another reason why I'm happy we're doing the pod now is because they. I was listening to the K show, and they said the last time that Flacco faced this, this defense was last year when he threw four interceptions and the Dolphins won by 31 points. Unreal. And I'm not doing this to be a bad guy. I just I want to see your team do something competent. I don't care if Zach Wilson goes out and sucks. It doesn't matter. That's never what this season's supposed to be about. But now you're not playing him another week, and you're going to go into 2022 wondering what this guy is when we should have an idea of what he is. A guy that's durable, he's going to answer the bell, and he's going to play. Yeah, fuck the Jets. I'm done. It sucks, man. Well, another team that you can say fuck them about is uh, is the Detroit Lions. And they tied the Steelers because Big Ben went through COVID. And he tested positive and was in protocol. But they tied uh, 16 apiece, which felt so fitting in a disgusting game in uh, the probably the worst overtime I've ever seen. Uh, golf might not play this week with an oblique injury. They had 40 yards passing total <laughs> going into overtime. Uh, what do you take from this game? What is there to take? Terrible game. And I watched like every second of it. Just an I awful game because I wanted to. I wanted to see the Lions win, and it's just like everybody's just trying to fucking pass the buck, and and Jared Goff is just awful. I mean, yeah, I got to give Sean McVay credit to make this guy look somewhat competent is incredible. And the other thing is, from the other side, because I did watch a hell of a lot of this game, when are we going to fucking toss in the towel on Mason Rudolph? What are we holding out hope for him? That guy is awful. And listen, I was a big fan of him coming out of the draft. Um, That was a big quarterback year. I can't remember how many years ago that was out of Oklahoma State. I was huge on him. But he's awful. Oh, he sucks. He fucking sucks. And I don't know who's holding out hope for him. I think he's in that role, which is you are a backup quarterback in the NFL. But I've looked at it a different way. How fucking disastrous is Dwayne Haskins if he's not even getting reps? Apparently he was on his phone during warm-ups of that <laughs> game. I'm like, dude, you're a bad snap away from playing. Well, uh, that's, a, that's a Washington football team first-round draft pick. Jesus. This just goes to show that I you've given me a lot of credit today, which I appreciate for being a sports savant. And if you make enough opinions, you're going to have some good ones. Mm-hmm. But I wanted the Giants to take Haskins. Uh, sure, shit, glad I was wrong on that. Um, this game was horrible. Uh, and the Steelers, by the way, whether it's Rudolph or Big Ben, these are the kind of games they're going to be in. They're not winning because they're putting up points. They need their defense to yep. to make plays. So I think if Big Ben plays that game just for the overtime alone, they win that game. I totally agree with you. Because um, they so, could not move know. the ball at all. No, no, they couldn't, and and they can, and the Lions could stack the box on on Najee, and uh, yeah, it was a bad game all around. Uh, the Titans beat the Saints twenty five twenty three. The Saints came back and 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 really made this game. But Tom, I got to tell you, another backup we could use, Trevor fucking Simeon. And he was on your roster last year until I think his he started a game and broke his leg. But I give the Titans a lot of credit. You know, you get Derrick Henry out for the year. 
now there's talks that he might be ready to come postseason time, which would be a huge boost. But they go to L.A., they smack around the Rams, and then they come home and, and they beat a frisky Saints team. Yep. Is this the best team in the NFL right now? Um, shit, man. This year? Sure. <laughs> what else can I, mean, I say? What? I yeah, mean, what other team rings the bell for you? Tannehill, yeah. Tannehill, since Henry's been out, has really stepped up. A.J. Brown has looked great, even with Julio. Uh, I don't know if he got put on IR, but he was out last game. Um, and then they pick up – there was uh, – Deontay Foreman was there, is their new running back along with Adrian Peterson, and he was out there, and I was like, did they, like, clone Derrick Henry? Like, this guy's fucking <laughs> huge. I don't know if Running I just, over, guys. I don't know if I didn't um, – Maybe he didn't look as big in the Texans uniform, but he just looks absolutely massive, and he looks ready to go. And they're just running another guy out there. And their defense, Vrabel's done a really good job with that team because I don't think it's as talented of a, as a defense as some of the rest of the really good teams in the league. But, I mean, between them and, and maybe the Green Bay Packers, they're, they're the teams you can trust right now, right? And then they're going to turn yeah. around and lose this week. I'm sure they will because that's what the 2021 NFL season has been. But yeah, I agree. They they've been they've been the team that you could bank on the most, which is still remarkable that they lost to the Jets. And I we remember they lost to the uh, they lost to the Cardinals. That was their only other loss. But it's been very impressive with what they've done, and it shows the kind of character that that team has. And and the Saints hang in there, man. I mean, between Semyon and them running some packages with Taysom Hill, um, they're going to be in games because they're also very well coached. Um, I just don't know if they'll have enough, but the NFC is wide. Enough. Yeah, it, but the NFC is wide fucking open, so we'll see. Um, Colts got right. They beat a feisty Jags team, and I am going to say they're feisty. You know, this team stinks, and they're not good at all, but they do kind of compete in games. Um, I mean, obviously coming off that they nine play hard for... fight, they play hard for this Urban Meyer guy who, who we were saying he wasn't going to last till the bye. Urban Meyer is just saying, thank you to the Oakland Raiders organization in general. Yeah. Because they put a they put the damper on his story so quick. <laughs> it's not even funny with, with the shit that's going on out there. Yeah, Jaguars yeah. play hard. Colts are just a little bit better of a team. Um, Jonathan Taylor is electric. He was running all Stop. over them. Uh, but I still don't see the Colts as a playoff team because I just don't trust the quarterback. I don't trust the quarterback either. He even made some plays in this game that allowed this game to be so close. Yep, and he will give the ball away. I don't care if they're playing Houston, the Jets. He will give the ball away. You mentioned the team that fucked you over the most, which was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Washington football team beats them in Washington 29-19, and Brady off a bye. Which is why I was so confident. You should have been. Uh, and honestly, I don't put this one on Brady, although he didn't play well. I put this one on play calling. It was it was abysmal. Hey, this is on Bruce Arians, who, you know, he's got uh, a bunch of podcasters saying it, but I agree. He's got a fucking golf tan. I guarantee he didn't do any tape work watching this fucking game. And you know what? <laughs> Taylor Heineke got his revenge. He was slinging the ball all over the yard. That offense looked great. Um, 
And I don't know. I mean, should Kyrie Irving talk to Antonio Brown and get get getting hooked up with a fake COVID card? <laughs> <laughs> How unsurprising was that? Like I saw that oh. come across Bleacher Report. It's like, of course. Sounds did. about right. <laughs> yeah, sounds about so right. Fun. Yeah. So funny. <laughs> In the least surprising news of the day, yeah. Antonio Brown had a fake Vax card. Um, this game to me was the t- Taylor Heineke revenge game. I'm a total agreement with you. They almost they were the closest game that Tampa had in the playoffs last year. And he made some fucking awesome throws. I mean, Tampa was poised for a comeback, let's be honest. As good as yeah. as good as Washington played, Tampa was poised for a comeback. I mean, he and he runs them down get, the field on the on the last possession. The yeah. They they were they were they, that offense and Tom Brady were fucking handcuffed Standing to the sideline. Yep. Yeah, it was it was a really impressive showing and this just goes to show how fleeting this league is because Washington can look so anemic, but Heineke, I do think he's a guy. Mm. I think he's a, I think he's a backup guy in this league. Or sure. I think he's a guy sure. where if God forbid your team needs a spark plug, he's like a younger version of Fitzpatrick. Exactly what I was going to say. I, I was like, I think he's the next Fitzpatrick. He, where he, you don't, he, you don't want to go into the season with him as your guy, but yeah. You know, you're almost kind of like, well, you know, if so and so gets hurt, I mean, Fitz Magic. He's got some fucking moxie to him too. Like he'll he'll shit talk. Like he's got nothing to lose. He'll run. He'll give up his body uh, for a first down. And I think that team really rallies around him. His talent is gonna, you know, cap them a little bit. But I think he's a fun quarterback to have if you know you have realistic expectations of not winning a lot of games. Really brutal though for uh, for Chase Young. Uh, tearing his ah. ACL apart and being out for the uh, the season there. That Probably was, that most was of next year, too. And, of course, it happened in Washington, right? Isn't that where all the terrible injuries happen? Yeah, I don't know. I might fake COVID if I ever have to play there. Oh, God, that's not a bad idea. You, <laughs> you don't even need one of the cards. Um, Tom, this game probably was the most impressive of the week, and I know we've And then they turn around games. and do it again yesterday. They turned around and do it again yesterday, but my God, what the Patriots did to the Cleveland Browns was just nothing short of vintage. We talked about vintage Warriors earlier. This was vintage Pats, just with a new version of quarterback. Yeah, it might be the same guy, to be honest with you. I mean, he might even be a little bit better. Not better than the greatest quarterback of all time, but given like, he might be a better rookie or early on than Tom Brady. That's a little so more polished. Fair. That's so fair, and I hate when people are like, how can you say that? It's like, Brady was a sixth-round pick out of Michigan. And and I'm not saying that fucking Mac Jones is going to turn into Tom Brady of the past 25 years or whatever, but I'm just saying he's better in his first year than Tom Brady was. That's all I'm saying. And you're right. Like, you're 100% right. I'm not going to argue with you because if i argue with you i'm missing your point and yeah, totally don't, tom your brady's point. the goat we got the same initials we're both goats that's right um well, you're the kyrie irving of your job you're the, no you're no the same no in- i'm better than kyrie irving thank you sorry you're better than kyrie irving you you've got the same initials as tom brady but yeah i mean look at the situation that he walked into a much better team and also, this defense is sick this defense is sick belichick is is back to his old ways but Mac Jones is coming off winning a national championship you think in Alabama. Belichick is in his own right now. You think Belichick jerks off to this team's tapes? Yes. Hundred <laughs> percent, right? It, yes. Absolutely. Probably multiple times a day. He's been in that <laughs> office for a long time. Yeah. 
<laughs> and and if you keep using your sperm bank pick of the week on him, he's gonna he's gonna go even further. I know, I know. I'm, I should have. Uh, I'll get him next week. You'll get him next week. Um, on the other side of the ball, the Cleveland Browns. I know they don't have their running game. They were missing both their backs again. But Baker got hurt. They had to mm-hmm. see some Case Keenum action. Tom, I'm gonna ask you this question now, and probably, and I promise not to ask it again till the end of the season. Do the Browns just give up on Baker now? Do we just know what he is? Uh, given the NFL and how tough it is to to get a quarterback that can win you football games, no, I don't think the Browns give up on Baker, on a fully healthy Baker, no. That's my only caveat is I we've known all year he hasn't really been healthy, so I don't want to shit on him, but, I mean, he <laughs> – he doesn't beat great teams, and, and I know he has some good wins, but he also looks so pedestrian a lot of the other times. Yeah. No, I don't I don't think you can give up on him because I still think – I'd have to go through the list now, but I couldn't name you know 15 to 17 quarterbacks that are better than him. It's tough. That just goes to show what this position is, right? Um, we'll save the Pats-Falcons result uh, for next week when we do our Wednesday, uh, get deeper into that game. Cowboys killed the Falcons, and Will Smith had to have just been. You want to talk about, you know, jerking off to tape? <laughs> I mean, they they, they I got will be killed seeing by Will ben. Smith tomorrow. I'm driving him That's, to the airport. That is very exciting. Please give him my best, um, do. and and t- give his team my worst. Um, <laughs> the Cowboys they lost that game. Get right, and, game and I, baby. And I raised the question, right? I said, in typical Cowboy fashion, this could go one of two ways. They could. They could say, oh, fuck that, that we're going to put this behind us, or they're going to go back into what they've been, which is losing games they shouldn't lose and start to go into a little bit of a spiral. And they didn't even give you a chance. This game was, Tom, I, this game was over halfway through the first quarter. Yeah. No, this, seems, this team is really good. And, again, it's their defense being just, just a good unit. Not great. They don't do anything great, but they have, I mean – their secondary is really good, obviously, with Diggs out there who had another interception. And Micah Parsons is a fucking stud. Mm-hmm. And, and, I mean, listen, they moved on from Smith. and, and um, But with, with Parsons in there, who doesn't even really know what the hell he's doing yet, just running yeah. all over the field, sideline to sideline. This defense does just enough. And guess what? This week they're getting Michael Gallup back and they're able to put C.D. Lamb back in the slot. That's scary. It's so scary. Yeah. It's so scary. I mean, listen, Sean, I got to ask you, man. Sure. Given it all, and you already asked me about the Titans, are the Cowboys the best team in the NFL? Ah, you're turning the question around on me. You know, they're in the conversation. Uh, Hell yeah, they are. They're, oh, yeah. they're in the they're in the conversation. I'm not ready to go there yet. Um, you just uh, let's take the Giants biased out. No, it has nothing to do. It has nothing to do with that because you know I the reason they're in the discussion for me is I look at all these other teams and I look and I say okay, like as great as the Titans have been and they have some huge wins, I still wonder how. I don't the think fuck that here's the, the thing. Jets. Sorry to cut you off. Like you to ask be, me a question, then you cut me off. I'm sorry, but <laughs> but you made a good point there about the Titans, and it just came to me. The the Titans don't have an elite unit. I think the Cowboys have an elite offensive unit. That's a fair point. I mean, they de- the Titans definitely don't without Henry, but 
Yes, they, the, the Cowboys, from a skill position standpoint, are as talented, if not better, than every other team in the NFC particularly, outside of maybe Tampa when they're fully healthy. Because I still think with Antonio Brown and a healthy Gronk, and you've got Godwin, and you've got Evans, and you've got Fournette, and you've, and you've got whatever you can get out of um, the other running back there. I'm drawing a blank on his name. Tony uh, No, I'm talking Tampa there, Ronald Jones. But for, oh. for what outside of that ensemble of, of players yeah dallas is by far the best you said wow michael gallup comes back cd lamb can go into the slot nobody can guard him on the outside now you're asking linebackers to cover him like jesus christ this team is great Dak is so good the only thing that question that i question is the play calling at certain points and i question whether the head coach is going to be the reason they lose and not because of talent but from just a talent perspective, I think they are right there in that class because I don't – they definitely shouldn't have lost to Denver and they shouldn't have lost the way they lost to Denver. Tennessee shouldn't have lost to the Jets, but you could at least say at that game – A lot of grain assaults of, this year. They had, they had a bunch of guys out, right? Like none of their top receivers played in that game and they did lose in overtime. Green Bay is really the only team – that hasn't lost a game where you're like, how the fuck did that happen outside of week one? And I'm throwing away the obvious um, start by, uh, by, by love. So Dallas is in that conversation, a long-winded way of answering that they're probably one of the top three to four teams in, in the NFL right now. Last question I have before we run through all these games because I don't want this pot to go too long. Who's your MVP? Oh, man. I think it's Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers is your MVP because of the way Jordan Love played. I would probably agree, but I I think I would put Lamar in that category. Even mm. with that bad loss to Miami. Okay. Because when his numbers this year, I mean, look at his passing numbers especially. Yeah. It's ridiculous. But yeah, Rodgers, Rodgers doesn't have that bad loss. That's, that's the one difference, you know. Yeah, well, Rodgers doesn't have that recent bad loss. It goes back to week one. Um, moving on and to the And the Saints game. aren't a bad team. Like, no. That's not a team where by the time the season ends where you're like, oh, my God, you lost to that. It was more just how they lost. Yeah. Next game, Panthers with Cam coming back. Beat the Cardinals 34-10. to Every team aside from the Packers this year has at least one grain assault game. The Cardinals just had theirs, in my opinion. Um, although J.J. Watt may be out for the year. Um, he is. I just think that the – I mean, I watched a lot of this game. I just think that the Cardinals got punched in the mouth by Cam twice real quick, just 2-1-2, one, two, and they just – there was no getting up off the mat from that. Yeah, and Colt had his really good game in San Fran the week before. Yeah. This is, this you know, Colt McCoy and no Hopkins. Uh, this is a game that they were not poised to win, um, and they didn't, but – I want to just make a quick point on Cam, and, and you can go off of this point or talk a little bit more about the game or maybe what the Panthers might be, but I'm just going to say this. He gets a raw deal. Obviously, he didn't play very well his last year or two in Carolina. Injuries and just lack of production. His arm strength is not what it was. Nobody's denying that. The Patriots last year was really like a gap year for them, kind of like what the Warriors did the last two years. And he's kind of gotten a lot of shit. And I'm just happy he's getting another chance because we have to watch 
Mason Rudolph, <laughs> Mike White, no offense, Joe Flacco this week start NFL football games. Cam Newton might not be what he once was. I think we can all agree on that and be fine, and that's not any kind of insult. But for Cam Newton not to have had a job while Joe Flacco has a job and Mike White has a job and Mason Rudolph has a job and Dwayne Haskins has a job is fucking horse shit. And You're really picking care- on the Jets and the Steelers right now. <laughs> okay, well, maybe they should stop employing terrible players. Cam Newton deserved an opportunity to come back, and I'm glad it's with this team, and this is what he can be. I think that's still better than any other option this team has, and I was just happy to see Cam play well, and I'll leave it at that. Agreed, man. I was happy to see them get a win. McCaffrey went off. Um, not a playoff team, but definitely a no. good win. Cardinals will get it back running when uh, they're fully healthy uh, without J.J. Watt, but I still think that's a good defense. And he was kind of a designated hitter come in on third down anyways. Yep, for sure. Um, my Minnesota Vikings, they beat the Chargers 27-20. <laughs> this, was, this game, man, was like, no, no, you take this win. No, 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 no. I insist you take this win. And finally, <laughs> surprise of all surprises, Kirk Cousins said, I'm going to go ahead and take this win. Un- unbelievable. Cursed team against cursed team. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for all the shit that we give Cousins, they've lost games. But when when he's had to make plays in the fourth quarter, he's done it this year. His yeah, as long as it's, as really long as it's uh, at a 1 o'clock start or a 4 o'clock start, you're golden with that guy. Um and Always. yeah, I, I've been disappointed with with Herbert the last couple weeks. I mean, the last good game I think he had was when he led the Chargers down the field to to beat uh, Cleveland in mm-hmm. that overtime game, and and since then it's been uh, mediocre at best. I, I know Mike Williams is definitely still a little hurt, and he was their deep target, but. Listen, this team does not look as good as they did at the beginning of the year. The quarterback has regressed, and their defense looks pretty shaky. Yeah, no, it really does. Because and Justin Jefferson abused them all game. He's so good. He's yeah. so good. And when when Cousins can get him the ball early and often and the defense has to forget about Thielen, that's when the Vikings really go off. Yeah, then you sneak Thielen in there, the, big, the biggest, smallest red zone threat. For sure. Um, no, this was an interesting game. And both teams, I mean, we know what the Vikings are. They're they're perpetually, you know, in depending on the week you watch them, they're a really good playoff team. Or, yeah, or, they're, the or they're a four-win team. They're the Knicks. The Chargers, though, I have higher expectations for because of how they finished last year and uh, how they started this year. And I hope that they start getting right because there's too much talent on this team to be losing games like this. And if you look at them, they really haven't played well in the last like four or five weeks. They barely beat Philly. They got killed. They lost to New England. Uh, the score was closer than that game actually was. And they got to get their shit figured out because don't look now, and we're going to get to them in a few games here, but the Chiefs are starting to win, and they're rattling off wins, and they're they're winning while not playing great. And this division is there for the taking with all the Raiders' issues. Definitely, um, yeah. The Chargers, I think, are just it's going to be another disappointing year. Unfortunately, that's what that franchise is used to. Um, in the return of Aaron Rodgers and the return of Russell Wilson, do we really Packers... feel bad for the Chargers? By the way, because I would have taken Phil Rivers on the Jets for a really long time. I feel bad for them from the standpoint of 
they've lost because they've had head coaches that shouldn't be head coaches, and they've and they also lost don't have a home. Because, and they don't have a home. And the kickers, I mean, they're as cursed with kickers as any team. The two cursed, most cursed kicking teams just faced off, true. That, that's what I was saying. Like, the two most cursed franchises, it's it's bad. Um, and they're one of those teams where no matter how good they are, you're just waiting for – you're just waiting for the bad things to happen yep. uh, because it's happened all the time. But Russ and Rodgers returned uh, for a game in Lambeau. The Packers beat the Seahawks 17 nothing. Russ could never get that offense moving. Rodgers did just enough. What would you take out of this game? Um, they both looked extremely rusty. Um, and it gets to a point where it's like, at what point does Russ just pack it in and start looking for a new team? Um, Packers did what they needed to do. I think at full strength, they are one of the best teams in the league. I'm not worried about them at all. Seahawks, pack it in. Start Geno Smith. Give me that draft pick. (laughs) It would be so fitting if Geno Smith was the reason that you got a better draft pick from them too. It's like, thank you for coming full circle. We appreciate it. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't take a lot away from this. I mean, like you said, the NFC is so wide open. The Seahawks are still somehow in this, but they got to win this week. Oh, they have to. And, yeah, for the Packers, hey, give Rodgers credit. You know, he came back and backed it up. And low-key, that Packer defense has been really good of late. Yeah, they they absolutely have. I mean, they haven't played the best competition, but they've they've definitely done a good enough job. And that's really that's all you need right now is as Rodgers works his way back from COVID and this team gets back in sync, you just need your defense to keep you in games and let number 12 win them for you. Eagles beat the Broncos out in Denver 30-13. to Typical Broncos. They're riding high after their win in Dallas. They come back home, and they let the Eagles run over them. And I'm just going to say this piece on the Eagles, who you know I absolutely despise more than even Will's Cowboys. They've, they're not a great team. But they have some incredibly impressive wins this year. Yeah, they've got a lot of talent, given uh, given the fact that they're not an impressive team. And Jalen Hurts seemed to seems to have been taking strides in the right direction. I mean, he was looking guys off in this game. He was slinging the ball all over the yard. It's not. It wasn't just running for him this game, which is what I really wanted to see. Well, and that's to your point because that previous game, I think it was against the Chargers where you're like, he's just not very good. He just runs, and they're going to be looking for the next quarterback. I'm like, yeah, but he's not bad enough where you're going to be surprised by games like this because he's had he's had them. I mean, that game against the Lions, you said on our last pod, don't pay attention to that. It's 44-6 against the worst team. Well, the Lions fight too. That's 44-6. He hung it on that defense. Yep. And this Eagles team – they fight for their head coach, too. We all laughed at him um, for that press conference, but they play for him. And, man, it just kills me every game watching Devontae catch touchdown passes in that disgusting Eagles green. <laughs> yeah, it, it should. It'll haunt you for another 10 years. Yeah, it sure will. Um, Chiefs go over on Sunday night to Vegas. and Finally, the, the get-right right game. And finally, the get-right game. And this was a game that I was actually kind of close. And then, uh, to me, the turning point was Deshaun Jackson's inexcusable fumble. And from there, the floodgates opened. Do you think this is – you? and you can say this because I, I think it's fair based off their pedigree. Are the Chiefs right now? Are they are they finally back to where we expect them to be and they're going to go on a run? Or Got to see it against Dallas, bro. Got to see it okay. against Dallas. Okay. 
And listen, they don't even have to beat Dallas. Dallas. Exactly what I was going to say. If they they put up big numbers, then I'll start to believe it. But I am still, uh, when it comes to betting on them, I'm still staying the hell away. Do you feel bad for the situation the Raiders are in? No, because their owner's a complete ass, and <laughs> and that's that. Yeah, I do feel, I feel bad, bad for Derek Carr. Yeah, and I feel bad for guys like Max Crosby on that team too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, just they, gut punch after gut punch. I mean, Terrell got cut. They had um, they obviously had rugs that was off of Gruden, who's now suing the NFL and Roger Goodell. <laughs> They're done, and I don't know about you. Uh, even with the Dallas game, unless they get absolutely wrecked, and then you see uh, Vegas and um, Vegas and the Ra- and the uh, Chargers win, I I still would put the Chiefs as the lead and the pack to win this division. Couldn't agree more. I I definitely think the Chiefs are going to take it because they're unlike some other teams where like they haven't played well and they were and they won games. Like if you can win and not play well, like that's that's very that's very good for your confidence. Definitely. You ready to talk about another grain of salt game? Oh, I'm ready. Here we go. I don't know what the hell happened here, man. <laughs> I don't either. Give me some insight here. I'll make it quick. I'll I'll say this and then ask it to you. Do we really know that Matthew Stafford's the guy? Because this is the first time that... I mean, after playing so many years in Detroit and being on bad teams and just putting up raw, you know, empty numbers. He's never had to play in games that matter where people expect him to win. No. And also, the other thing is, he's also never had to, like, actually run an offense and spread it around. He was good at zeroing in on one guy and feeding him, whether it be Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay, yeah. or Megatron. Yeah, you said that on our last pod, and you were totally right. I mean, and you're really seeing it now. And with bringing in Odell. Him feeding Cooper Cup. I know. And Cooper and, Cup, I hate to say it, ain't Megatron. He's not a, <laughs> he's not a, he's not a like, go get it kind of guy. He's like, a, I'm going to make separation on the margins and then make yards after the catch. He's a very tactical route runner. Yeah, he's beautiful routes, but he's not like throw me a fucking jump ball and I'm gonna beat anybody out for it. Maybe Odell can be that. I'm watching some of the routes that Odell's running, and I know he's super early in the playbook. He signed what four days before that, so they've got to buy this coming week. I expect him to be good and them to figure it out. But my biggest question is on Stafford. We now have a few weeks in a row where he has not played well in primetime games against team, and this is the first time in his career where he's expected to win. And that even the whole team seemed to embody kind of that nervousness. Right, you got Higby dropping that pass, that screen pass that was an inter- that was intercepted on the bobble. You got guys running wrong routes, not coming down with the ball. The defense giving up big third downs. You got Ramsey calling out guys on the sideline. And in football, we've seen outside of Tampa last year, super teams don't win very often at all. And this is a this team's got to figure it out because they are all in. Yeah, they don't have a choice but to figure it out. The question is, will they? So what do you think? I don't think they're the best team in the NFC. I don't even think they're the second best team in the NFC. Honestly, but, from what I've seen. 
But do they figure it out, though? And by that, I mean live up to at least making the NFC Championship game. No. Yeah. I think the Buccaneers, even given the Washington drubbing they took, I think the Cowboys, I think the Packers are better. Yep. And I think all three of those teams are, are better teams. And I also think all three of those teams have better quarterbacks. More proven ones, for sure. I mean, they're Maybe better. Better, too. Yeah. <laughs> all three of them. I mean, even Dak yeah. coming off the leg. I mean, he looks fine. But again, more they're better, but they're also they're also more proven. And, yeah. and sometimes it's not even the talent that I care about. It's it's the pedigree, which is why. Well, yeah, they're battle-tested. Yeah, battle-tested. <laughs> You've been looking to use that. I've been good. I have not used that phrase in a long time. Well, it fit there. Yeah, well, when you associate it with Sonny Gray. You look back on our first, like, we're 212 episodes in by the time <laughs> we finish this one. I've got Kirk Cousins winning an MVP. I've got... Sonny Gray being battle-tested and a warrior who's going to be part of the Yankee staff for years. I've, I've fucked up some big-time big ones. Yeah. I mean, I've been wrong, too. You've been wrong, too, but, man, I... I, I think my worst defeat right now might be saying a center can still be your centerpiece on a championship team. I like what you did there. Center is your centerpiece. Nice. I'm locked in, baby. Locked and loaded. <laughs> Podcast is locked in. <laughs> we're just going to call You better this put that in the notes. <laughs> we're just going to say this. We're just going to call this podcast Locked and dot, 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 because we've done every single one. Yes. Um, last, last thing on the Rams, I expect them to figure it out, at least to the standpoint of they're not going to lose games like this. But it, I, I'm going to see what kind of a coach McVay is, too. We know he's a great offensive mind, but I want to see how he's a great front runner. Let's see him with some adversity. There you go. I just want I was gonna say I wanna see what this what this guy's made of when you've got all these big names and huge egos pissed that you're not winning games. Um, front runner was the perfect word for it. Thank you. Let's recap our week ten picks before going into week eleven, Tom. No problem. Um, I got one game right. You got two. We both got Buffalo. Um, we both got the Rams wrong. Um, I had Baltimore minus seven and a half on the Thursday night. We already spoke about that. I don't have to bring it up anymore. You had New England minus ten and excuse me minus two and a half. Really good pick by you. And I think after this week, I might just ride New England for the rest of the year. Sperm Bank pick of the week: <laughs> Tampa Bay minus nine and a half. Uh, nice. I listen this week, boys and girls. Whoever was cashing in sperm, <laughs> I don't know who was stealing. Maybe the girls were stealing it. <laughs> Maybe the ladies were. Maybe the ladies were stealing. We're gonna keep going, and you just stop. Um, look, I lost as much money as anybody, so I, I, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you, and you lost Arizona minus ten. So you went two and two. I went one and three. Sean, you are eighteen and fourteen through um, ten weeks with a couple of breaks in there. I am fifteen and fifteen through ten weeks with a couple of pushes in there. Um. I'm thinking of I'm I'm thinking this week I might go four and out. <laughs> you you better. I mean, <laughs> t- tis the season to get right here, Tommy boy. So let's I see if you to. can. Let's All start right. with your Jets. Yeah, let's do it. So uh, the Jets are are they at home this week? Yes, the Jets are. are at home. Miami is favored by three in a Joe Flacco game. I originally picked the Jets, but after your long speech about uh, Joe Flacco and all that shit, I have gone Miami minus three. You know, it's hilarious. I spoke about all that to talk about how poor the direction of your franchise is going. 
But isn't this the kind of game that your Jets would find a way to win? <laughs> Joe Flacco comes in. Nobody wants to see him play. There's going to be nothing but Dolphins fans. And the Jets somehow get their defense figured out. Their defense Rex, is fast. You got Robert Sala going back and forth in the media with Rex Ryan. It's been a week from hell. And Joe Flacco just goes out there and plays a professional game. Your defense gets right. Tua doesn't play well, and they win. I'm taking the Jets. Okay. All right. Good. Little little difference here. All right. Second game we have for the locals, Monday Night Football. Your Giants travel down to see Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks down in Tampa. I'll give me an angry Tom Brady minus 11 and a half. You could have made this 14. You could have made it 30. Don't give a shit. Whew. Okay, well, I, I, I do think Tampa wins, but the Giants play Tampa close. Last year, they should have won on a Monday night when the Giants were a lot worse. Um, and they should have won on that Monday night in Kansas City. 11.5 is too much for me, especially with Saquon coming back. I think Galladay's going to play. Shep's still out. This Giants team, it's not very good, which is why they'll lose. But 11.5. That's way too much, especially for Tampa. I do have one nugget for you, though, Tom, that might make you feel a little bit better about your pick. You know the only time Tom Brady lost three games in a row was? What? 2002. Whoa. Told you Mac Jones is better than him. There you go. Obviously, (laughs) Tom, Tom Brady blows. So... I think Tampa wins, but I think the Giants will cover, so I will happily grab the Giants uh, with the 11 and a half. All right. We'll see about that one. I'm glad we're going head-to-head here. This is going to make or break me. Um, I I have a get-right game here for my third game. Baltimore going to Chicago minus six. Oh, you dog. <laughs> Son I'm of going a bitch. with Baltimore here. I mean, they're going to abuse Justin Fields and – it's a get-right game, like I said. They they are going to figure this one out, and they're going to win by at least a touchdown. Yep. I've got this game, too, and I've got the same pick, so let's move on. Okay. Uh, final pick, my sperm bank pick of the week. I'm picking the kid up and taking his ass to fucking LaGuardia. Couldn't fly out of Westchester and be a classy <laughs> guy and lay the pretty penny for that one. Uh, he heard so, about your troubles. He wanted no part of it. Yeah, so i got to drive him and his brother down to fucking LaGuardia. Um Thanks tomorrow i have the dallas cowboys in kansas city plus two and a half kansas city could win this game i think it's going to be a barn burner i think it's going to be a close one i don't i just think this is going to be an absolute shootout sean because kansas city their offense looked a hell of a lot better but their defense still sucks oh you're totally right i mean i think the over under from the last time i checked was 56 so there's a lot of expected Over. points in this game. Yeah, as, as there should be. That's a good pick by you. I, I wasn't willing to go there just because of what oh, Kansas fuck City it. I'm losing. I'm lately. losing to you anyways. But I like that pick. That's a ballsy pick. I'm going a lot more conservative because that's what's won me games this year. Smart. And I'm going to Sunday night football where the Chargers are hosting the Steelers. I think it's Mason Rudolph round two. They have not announced the starter. Smart. But even if, it, even, even if it is Roethlisberger, they're not going to win because they score points. They haven't done that this year. They need to rely on a good defense. And, hey, I, would I be shocked if it's 23-17? Or twenty-four to twenty, not really, but I just need that four points, and I like the Chargers at home. Like I said before, they need to figure their shit out because this division's winnable. Capitalize on Kansas City maybe losing a game to Dallas. 
Get it right in front of no fans in that stadium you share. <laughs> Give me the Chargers minus four at home on Sunday night football against the Steelers. All right. I like that. All right. You ready to talk about um, your favorite, my favorite, a little uh, college football? Well, we're both obviously, you know, brilliant geniuses in college football. So let's finish up real fast with some college football. All right. You want to recap last week? Uh, Georgia defeats Tennessee. Not really surprised by that. Big blowout. Um, what Alabama played New Mexico State big blowout. Don't care. Cincinnati beat beat up on U, USF. Hopefully, uh, that makes their case to get into the four a little bit more. Oregon a little bit closer of a game that I'd like to see against Washington State. Thirty eight to twenty four. They pulled away towards the end. Ohio State beat Purdue. This was one of the games I think I circled as an upset. That didn't work out. No. Um, Notre Dame beats Virginia big time. Uh, we're going through the top ten here, by the way. Michigan State beats up on Maryland. Fuck Maryland. After uh, that time, I picked him against Ohio State on the road. <laughs> that was more of a me problem than it was. Yeah, Maryland. that really was. I didn't uh, want to bring that up again. Michigan beats Penn State in a close one, 21-17. Oklahoma State murders TCU. Um, 63-17. Ole Miss, and of course, Sean, I gambled on this game. I didn't even want to look at it. Beats Texas A&M 29-19. And of course, I took Texas A&M. And Sean, did I not say, did I not circle this one as an upset? Baylor beats Oklahoma. Thank God we don't have to hear about them anymore in the college football playoff talk. 27-14. Yeah, well, the, those last two games you mentioned were the games from the weekend. Um, Ole Miss getting that win at home against A&M. That was a great win. A&M could not do anything in the first half. Uh, they handcuffed them. And Calzada did not look comfortable on the road. Um, Ole Miss is really good. Corral is a super nice quarterback, and Kiffin has that offense humming. A couple of their losses are going to preclude them from really going far, obviously, but you look at them as winning a bowl game and now the university of Miami is looking at Kiffin to bring him in. And we'll see if that is something he does or if he's happy in the sec, either way, great win for Ole Miss tough loss for A&M, but as is expected with a young quarterback on the road and then Baylor upsetting Oklahoma, like you said, thank God we don't have to talk about them anymore. Williams never looked good in this game. He looked like a true freshman that he was. And Baylor, man, they got benched too, right? All year he got benched. Yeah, rat. We had a Spencer Rattler sighting. That was sick. Um, and Baylor was home, and and man, they 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 dominated this football game. Oh, Oklahoma, just that option never got going, and Baylor scored quick. And once they got the home crowd into it, it was kind of a wrap, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm glad I mentioned that one as an upset. I wish I put a little money on it. Um, Wake Forest beats UNC. Does Wake Forest, with this win, find their way back into the college football playoff if uh, they go undefeated and a few other teams lose? No. Nope, they're done, but it'll be interesting. I, I, I am rooting for them to get their first ACC championship that would be cool to see but no i mean and even all these games they're winning shootouts left and right and they got to put up goddamn near 50 every game to win because that defense stinks yeah definitely um ACC sucks man it's it so bad it what does. a fall from grace all right um college football slate this year uh, this year this week i've only got uh i've only got 
five games circled for you, so I'll rattle them off, and if you have any, you can add them in there. Um, I'll save the best for last. Notre Dame at Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech has had a uh, had a halfway decent year at three and seven. Just kidding, um, but <laughs> this is a game where I feel like Notre Dame could get upset if it wasn't at home, but they are. So we really don't have to pay attention to that one. Um, how do we feel about Arkansas Alabama? I'm just worried if Alabama is going to cover the spread, which I'm assuming is probably 20 points, even though Arkansas is in the top 25. You're so close. It's 21 and a half. Um, Bama should win this game comfortably, but not overlook it because they've got the Iron Bowl next week. So I think they win. I think they win easily, being it in Tuscaloosa. But um, that's a that's a zostic number, 21 and a half. Mm. I'm going to stay away because I have not done well on college football spreads this year. I've done okay in money lines, but not spreads. All right, two games that actually matter this week. You got Oregon going to Utah, 24th mm. rank Utah. This right here is probably Oregon's last big game of the season, I'd assume. Yeah, I think they got Oregon State that final weekend uh, right. next weekend. So, I, yeah, I think this is the last real test. This is, this is I think, time. their last real test. Um, and they could very easily get upset, uh, upset going to Utah. I, I've, you see it all the time. Teams just go into that stadium and they get beat. I like, I like your pick here. I mean, I always like you're, you're kind of talking it up. I, I wouldn't be su- surprised if Oregon lost. Yeah. Um, and then you're f- the final and probably the biggest game maybe of the college football season so far. I don't know how you feel about that. Michigan State goes to Ohio State. And for some reason, it feels like whenever Ohio State plays big games against Big Ten teams, it's always at the fucking horseshoe. It's never on the road. Always, always. I'm so with you. I hate it. I hate it too. And, man, this game would have been so much better if Michigan State didn't get that – didn't have that loss. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Um, Because now it's just – I don't know if even with a win here, if they can jump start back into the college football playoffs because yeah, there would have to be some chaos. Have to be, yeah, there's whomever is representing that part of the uh, Big Ten in the Big Ten championship game. You're gonna have two losses. Whoever loses this game, you're you're not. No matter what you do, style point wise in the in the championship game is not going to get you there unless obviously something unforeseen happens with Georgia or Bama or uh, or a team like that. Yeah. I don't know. I think Ohio State's going to get this W. Me too. And, like, you're, you're so right. With it being at the horseshoe, it's it just always feels there. like how do you pick against them in that game? No. All right, man. That about wraps it up. You got anything good going on? You've been watching some shows, Peaky Blinders, probably not. I'm going to ask you about music. Any music that's gotten you – going in the last little bit because shows no i am called i'm caught up on curb and i don't know if you saw the last episode hilarious absolutely the robe oh my god yes uh, so so he's a sick fuck he's a sick fuck and (laughs) it's what we need right now i love that show i'm so happy it's back any music that you've been listening to um i listened to a little bit of adele's new album uh i'm i'm i think adele might adele might be one of the uh best female singers ever Oh, she's she's great. You want to talk T, T- Swift real fast and her absolute assault that she put down? I mean, listen, you dated Jake Gyllenhaal for three months when you were nineteen. Yeah, like, but I mean, dude, she took him to the woodshed. 
Yeah. Ten minute, ten minute version. I don't know if you heard that song, if the, the whole one, but I was like, oh my god, this is, this is visceral. Yeah, I think he's doing okay, but I don't know. Maybe he could write like a corny white guy rap about her. Yeah, that would that would be perfect, wouldn't it? I did like the re-recording of Red. That was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that spite. It th- that's where I came from. I for, regardless about how you care about her music or like it or not. Obviously, I'm I've always been open about how much I like her music. But my God, dude, you gotta appreciate the spite. And with m- me having my laminated list, I have nothing more than absolute respect for uh, for what she's done for and just killing. Like this guy's like, yeah, it's been ten years. Who gives a shit? I'm doing just fine. I'm sure. And then this comes out I was like, well, my life. I need to go into hiding. <laughs> yeah but yeah i mean uh, new music aside from that i can't really think of anything off so the top Sonic of my head. was pretty good with yeah Bruno, ours, that was pretty solid I oh with that. uh was, pack yeah that was pretty good yeah i saw he put out a tweet that he linked up with the wrong pop star when adele beat when adele beat them in the <laughs> charts thought that was a good I one see that. um, that's good yeah, I mean, lately I've been I watched a Kid Cudi documentary, so I've been back on my Cutter vibes, which is always, nice. So he's good, um, but yeah, I'm just watching a lot of shows. Um, you know, just are you caught up with everything? Succession and all. Succession, that? I am not caught up. I'm almost at the point where I might wait for Succession season to end and then and binge. binge it because um, I'm two episodes behind now. I've been watching a lot of The Wire. I'm caught up on Curb. I'm watching this show on Hulu, Dope Sick. Um, and yeah, I'm watching you're talking about that. It's a really cool show, and then it's the guy from Spotlight. The one I, I love him as an actor. I don't know actors' names, but whatever. Um, only <laughs> I, I only I only know sports players' names, and I usually get those wrong and confused <laughs> with other guys, anyways. But I know who I'm talking Bet about in my head. Um, and then yeah, so that and then Big Mouth, which is just. Yeah. I mean, if you need a good half hour of just bullshit nothing, then you watch that. No, it's a it's a good. Like I said, I I've seen it at times. I've watched a couple episodes here and there, and it's always made me laugh my ass off. Um, it's it's just perfect mindless TV when you need it. What are you doing for Thanksgiving, my man? Just heading over to uh, to my mom's house. A little family get together. Not as big as it usually is. Uh, obviously, Will won't be here, nor will his brother, because I'm driving them to the airport. But uh, where are they going? North Carolina. That's where their okay. parents reside. So they're doing that, and then the parents will come back up here for Christmas. Uh, nice. That'll be a good time. But yeah, you know, like I said earlier, I'm I'm looking forward to not really working that hard until uh until January whatever it is fourth when we all go back to work. No more Long Island trips for you. Oh uh, no, for a couple weeks. Actually, no, good. that's not true. Maybe two weeks from now, I'll be back out there. Yeah. Uh, let that's me tell you, Long Island, great place in the summer. Not a fun place when it's cold. I can't imagine that whole area. I can't imagine being anything, you know, tempting to visit during, no. during these kind of months. We'll talk before then. Cause we got to get, we got to fit our pod in at least once next week before the, uh, week 12 slate. But, uh, that's good, man. I mean, sometimes quiet and low key is nice. There's when you got a lot going on, you don't want the holidays to be stressful or, or anything. They always like. are. They always are, but it's like if you can avoid as much maintenance as possible, that's always nice. I, I, I'm deciding what I want to do because I'm obviously not going back up there. And my my family came down here and visited a few weeks ago. And For the big, bu- big number three zero, the biggest holiday of them all. That's right, the Sean Day. Um, <laughs> but my uh, one of my friends, um, 
him and his girlfriend, uh, she has um, cousins that live in Austin. So they're going to go there, and I was invited to maybe go there. So maybe I'll do that at nighttime. But I honestly wouldn't mind just kind of hanging out. I know I'll be doing a FaceTime with the fam, but I wouldn't mind just kind of like parking my ass on the couch and doing nothing and watching football all day. Like that would suck. Yeah. And a little basketball too. So, um, trying to figure out my plans, but it won't be anything stressful, which is kind of nice. No work for me from Thursday through that Sunday. So there you go. Well, get your ass out there. I mean, you need to eat some Turkey, no eating celery or any of that shit. They usually do. No, during holidays, I gorge. Yeah. I, (laughs) I, I show no, I show no reasons of self-control. There you go. Well, it's good to hear from you, bro. You too, man. I'm glad everything's going well. And uh, you too. anything on top for your for your weekend? Playing a little golf on Other Sunday. Than driving will <laughs> being an Uber tomorrow and playing a little golf on Sunday, and that's about it. There what you about go. You? Not, not too shabby. Uh, I got a friend visiting. Um, my friend Caitlin from up uh, in Connecticut. Since obviously there's a bunch of us down here, she's friends with all of us. So she decided that before the holiday, she wanted to come visit us all. So we'll take her to some spots and and just have a fun weekend with her. So it should be good. Very nice, man. Stay away from concerts down there. I hear they're a little rough. R.I.P. Yeah, to those people, are, by the way. R.I.P. We don't say that in uh, in laughing, but yes, absolutely. Uh, we will be staying away from that kind of shit. They're actually out right now, uh, but there was a reason that I didn't go. And work in a pod with you was a good way to start the weekend, and then uh, I'll catch up with them. There you go, man. Well, it's about time for us to get to bed. Goddamn right. All right, Tom. Good job by you. Good job by you, buddy. I'll talk to you soon.